I like your shirt. I see we are going Thank for you. two totally different perspectives on this one, and I love it. Yes, we are. Even though I do not have a Luvu or Merge Tribe buff, I opted for my, my Malcolm buff. I like it. That's a good call. Tony Tony went from a different perspective. Too bad one of us aren't like an LSU or a Cowboys fans. Could have covered all the bases. Right. God, it looks like I got this shirt in an extra schmedium. Uh, this one I can't um, stand up in. Yeah. <laughs> like if I if I try to grab something above my head, this looks like a fucking half shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's my issue is like I've been doing like the, the workout program, but my chest was the first thing to get smaller. So I've still got like full the belly. Gut. Yeah. And the dad got like no chest. So it's a very awkward transition where none of my clothes fit because I'm getting in shape rather yeah. than none of my clothes fit because I'm not in shape. Yeah. I just go through, like, I have a 30-pound swing that I've always had, and it just kind of depends on the year and the, you know, time of year. But it's a, an unhealthy, probably top at about 270 down to anywhere between a 235, 240. And I've always yep. been that size. Even when I played football and I was literally doing two-a-days and, you know, you can't eat enough to maintain the calories you're burning doing shit like that. I've always been a big guy. It was just who I am. I'd have to go anorexic. More of us to love. It is. <laughs> so anyways, that's enough of that. I'm excited about this one, Danny. It's uh, it, going to be fun. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing about his life, obviously, outside of reality TV, because you know, we got teased with bits and pieces of it on the challenge with the key key mentions and then the phone calls home. But, yeah, you know, to find out uh, everything pre-challenge, pre-survivor is going to be cool, too, as well as diving in depth about all of that. Especially um, because season 41 was the first season after the Survivor alumni met with CBS and they had that commitment to 50 percent diversity. Yeah, but it was also they were a covid season, right? Because they had already yeah. cast uh, season 41 and 42. And then COVID hit, but then they also went back and recast in relation to that commitment to the diversity piece. Yeah. Um, so some people were originally part of 41. Some people were not at all. Some of the people that we got on 42 and actually 43, Cassidy, who's on 43, was supposed to be on 41. Oh, oh wow. That's crazy. I, so I finally got through the episode uh, last night. We finished it up. I've already got favorites. <laughs> Me too. I've already got people I'm rooting for. Um, I like so far everyone, but the guy that I really feel the strongest connection to is Jesse. Yeah, that's when I was reading the when I was reading the bios and stuff like that. Jesse mm. was one. Uh, Ryan is one, which is funny because now he's giving me crap on our Facebook or on our uh, Instagram thing for not picking him. Mm -hmm. And then who else was it? There are a couple of others. I was surprised. Anyone that I was in, I thought I was going to be indifferent to. I was surprised how much I liked them. Anyone yeah. that I already thought I was going to like, I ended up really liking. This is a cat. Like, it's the first time in a while where I absolutely like every single person from the cast right out of the gate. Normally, yeah. it takes like an episode or two for me to kind of get a feel for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I really like everyone on this season. Same with I, I can't think of his name right now. It's it's evading my thoughts. But uh, he was the one that grew up playing chess. Dwight. No, um. James, Jay, James, James. James. I, I'm almost positive it's James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James. I I forget what tribe he's on. I'm gonna have to probably rewatch. To he is on Coco. Coco. That's the best tribe name ever. I'm gonna be honest. 
Rick was so excited when he saw that tribe name. He was so excited about it. Dude, I feel like it's I like sh- a tribe name I can actually say. <laughs> it was really interesting keeping track of the confessionals too, because of course, like there we don't have a survivor stats IG page, so I'm actually doing it. There should and be one. Janine got almost no confessionals. Yeah, everybody yeah. else averaged like five or six, and she got like two. I I now decide that there wasn't much. Do you see that that big ass? scratch from, she got from, from the log yeah yeah digging out that was gnarly because i saw him they were trying to wash it off and she put water on it i was like oh okay that's that's like yeah burn burn the skin from trying to squeeze past that log yeah i am interested on danny's perspective on the difficulty of like the challenges we saw last night which seems like a pretty staple in survivor compared to yeah. like the challenges on mtv or not MTV, but the channel. But on the channel. You know? yeah. 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 I'm I wish that this was tomorrow, only because the one that's happening tonight, it is a 90 minute episode tonight, but the one that's happening tonight is that one where they have the huge snake that they have to bring up over the yeah. um like contraption. Oh, here we go. How's it going? What's up? What's up? Danny, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Spend, spend home from work so we can get this thing up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I talked to my boss. He's like, uh, so why do you have to leave early Wednesday? I was like, oh, so we're interviewing the guy who won the challenge, and he knows about our podcast. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, all right. I know. So, I, I didn't even get a chance to change clothes, but I'm a rip because we won this week. That's all yeah, right. Hey, you, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Look, see, I even I even bust out the Dragon Ball Z just for this. She's wearing the Goku sweater. And I'm a survivor. I mean? So we're covering yeah. all our bases. <laughs> so, Danny, we want to thank you so much for taking the time and, and hopping on with us. Obviously, a Challenge Fandom podcast. Um, I'll reintroduce ourselves. My name's Rick. I know we've been going back and forth quite a bit. Uh, my wife, Karina, she's the one who runs the main IG page. And then uh, Tony, he's uh, our Canadian survivor expert. And he's been with us for what, about seven months now? Eight months yeah, now? Yeah, seven or eight months. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, co-hosting with us. He's kind of like, like I said, our survivor expert. So when we saw the, the cast list and he's like, there's some guys on here that are like heavy hitters. I was like, who? He's like, well, obviously, like Tyson's really big, but Danny's going to be the one that's so surprising. I was like, he's the NFL player because I wasn't completely familiar with you yet. And he goes, yeah. And then, I mean, you, you basically showed out in the whole season. So <laughs> obviously, you didn't get a win till later on, but we were looking at the challenge stats and mm-hmm. you rank consistently the highest up until I think the very end. Ben started getting real close with you. So yeah. it was just a, a really resounding victory i think throughout the whole season and it was a very kind of low-key game almost ct like yeah and i think i i've kind of mentioned that to you back and forth yeah i like the stat too because i know like dom even said uh in his in his confessional uh during the final he was like i think danny's been he's been like showing (laughs) but i've been beating majority of the people at these challenges throughout the entire challenges as far as being consistent there's some guys who like will win at the beginning and then not be as consistent and you see them kind of tail off. Uh, I felt like I did pretty good for the entire season. Like not getting the win to me, not a huge deal, especially once TJ says, hey, listen, all you need to do is win one. I believe yeah. in my talents and abilities enough to say, all right, I can beat these guys at least at one thing. And if all <laughs> those fails, I can go into elimination, especially after you see something like Hall Brawl and you assume that it's going to be physical, then I can beat somebody in one of those, uh, yeah. one of those challenges. 
Oh yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it was, it was one of those that even though it took a while in the season, I think we were all, it was kind of like a foregone conclusion that you were going to get qualified at one point. Cause oh, yeah. we're like, we're getting to the end of the season is getting more physical eliminations. Like nobody's going to beat Danny in this. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know what I mean? So, but before we get way deep into the challenge, um, Typically, what we like to do, Danny, is kind of go through, talk about your life outside of reality TV, because even though you spend, how long is it, like six to eight weeks? Or no, it's 27 days on Survivor, but you get your two weeks of uh, quarantine beforehand. And then same thing with uh, the challenge. It's like four to six weeks, and then you get two weeks of quarantine. And we get maybe an hour to an hour, 20 minutes combined time out of all of that of you. So we kind of want to dive deep and and find out a little bit more about Danny McRae pre uh, television, post television, and you know what's going to happen in the future. If you have any idea what you want to do, if that's you got the time, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So yeah, where do we start? Well, uh, first and foremost, man, um, I noticed you know I had to do my research. So you're originally from Texas, is that correct? It was uh, it, it, I didn't recognize the name of the town. Oh no, I'm from I'm from the great city of Houston and the great state of Texas. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Houston. My family is, uh, most of my family is from Louisiana, a small town, Alexandria, Louisiana. Oh, I know uh, it. And then, you know, once they got old enough and they wanted to be around a big city, uh, they all kind of moved together and they actually all moved into the same neighborhood. <laughs> so I oh, wow. Same neighborhood, just, you know, <laughs> on different corners and different blocks is my, it's most of my family. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So w- was football always a big part of your life growing up? Because I know it's huge in Texas, regardless. But <laughs> yeah, so I think I, I started playing football in in the third grade, and I only started playing because my friends were playing. So I would go back to school, and my friends would be talking about like what they did and stuff, and then they'll be like, "Well, they were playing football, so let me go try to play it as well." Uh, ended up being decent at it uh, as a third grader, so I continued to play. I think maybe until around fourth grade, and then my father passed away, and then it just everything just went kind of by the wayside. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to play football anymore. Actually, I have crush on, crushes on girls now, so let's just go figure that out. But <laughs> the was huge. So then I like got into wrestling. I wasn't watching any Sunday night football. I was watching Sunday night heat and Monday oh, yeah. night ball. Uh, so it kind of fell by the wayside for a while until I got to the seventh grade. And it was like, my friends are playing again. I need to find something to do. So I just started, started kind of playing there, and it, it just never ended. Just never ended. So I, I did have a question about that. Was your like your goal what you want like when you were a kid wanted to grow up and become? Was it always a football player or did you have other aspirations? I wanted to be an engineer. <laughs> I wanted really? to be an engineer and then I wanted to be an architect. And I my mom always shows me this blueprint that I created of of the house that I wanted to build for her. Uh it had nothing to do with football. I had a football field in there just because that's the sport <laughs> that I had been playing mostly. But yeah. I, I didn't know NFL players made a lot of money. I didn't really watch football like that. So it wasn't like, yeah, that's what I want to do when I grew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was something that I ended up being good at in high school. And they were like, listen, this can get you into college for free. Uh, so one of my coaches walked up behind me while I was doing squats. And he was like, hey, listen, you tell me what school you want to go to. We're going to get you there. Uh, and oh, then, wow. He said, Texas, I want to go to Texas at that time. And he just made sure that he stayed on me and made sure I, made sure I worked hard. And I, but I ended up going to LSU. Not not Texas. And I'm so happy I did because I got me a national championship. I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) obviously, 2007, you guys won the national championship. Mm -hmm. Um, If I remember right, you guys beat Ohio State, right? Yeah, we beat Ohio State. It was a weird year. I think we we did not lose a game in regulation. 
but we lost two games in overtime. So I remember that, yeah. Overtime, and we lost in double overtime, one to Kentucky and one to Arkansas. So my Uncle Mike is a huge LSU fan, oh, and yeah. he found out I was doing this interview today. He goes, you make sure you tell him I said, go Tigers. I was like, I definitely will. <laughs> right. I definitely will. <laughs> we have the best fans, and, and I love the Cowboys, but it's mm. nothing like an LSU fan, a true LSU fan, because they are diehard. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Everything this guy has is purple and gold. Everything. <laughs> Everything he has. Very it, it, it's it's solid you know a couple teams out there rocking that too but so it, one question i had about that is like why did you decide to go to lsu over any other university because i mean obviously at a d1 level and lsu being the size they are you probably had multiple offers i'm assuming yeah cra- crazy story so you know i had that coach that wanted me to go to texas texas had a junior day where me and one of the receivers on my team also he got invited to go to junior day. So we're going through, we're, we're like touring the campus. There's a lot of other players. They're having a great time, right? This is like mm-hmm. Vince Young and Reggie Bush and those, those times. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Texas is great. And they sit us down in this room. And the first thing that they, that they say is like, you guys should be so happy that Texas is interested in you. And if you could see the look on all these, these are like five-star recruits, four-star recruits. Yeah. Like, like this is, this is how you're going to start the conversation. So I was off of Texas. Once right away, yeah. Uh, Texas A&M I was close, but they wanted me to come in for my third visit to show that I was serious about coming to their program. And I was like, so I'm off of them. So it was between LSU and Texas Tech. My mom is like, listen, I'm not going to be able to make it nine hours away for every game. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to be able to see you that much. LSU, different state, but much closer. So it ended up being a, a pretty easy choice. Mm. And it, it, I mean, honestly, it was a, probably the best choice out of the schools you were just mentioning because yeah. I mean that program really came to fruition in the late two thousands. Yeah, yeah. And Texas Tech was playing no defense; they were playing offense. And I was on my visit with Marcus Crabtree, so I got the special treatment because of him, not because they were looking for a top notch defense defensive player. Wow, that's interesting. So uh, we've actually talked with another challenger who played, I believe, at oh, Texas yeah. Tech with Michael Crabtree, and uh, his name's Marlon. He was on Rivals too. And so we got, we talked to him about that, like, cause he played during that time when like, uh, I think it was, uh, DeMarco Murray and a couple mm-hmm. other guys that played in the big 12. And he, we were talking about like, you know, who's the hardest to tackle and all that. So I kind of wanted to ask you that, like, you know, you played against some solid teams in the sec, you know, <laughs> Alabama at that time's on the upswing, uh, Florida, I think was just kind of coming off of their national championships. I mean, you played against obviously some, some great teams and, you know, some great players as well. What's like some of the biggest memories that you have from your time there? Uh, well, I mean, LSU, man, of course it was the, the national championship win, right? Because yeah. one, you go through these games and you don't lose in regulation then you go through overtime. And I remember us being on the plane and we had just won the SEC championship and we're getting the news of, of like what's happening in the college football landscape as we were on the plane. And we needed like three teams to get upset. Yeah. So they would come on first and, the first team is upset, so we're celebrating. Then the second yeah. team, oh, they got upset. So now we're, like, waiting on West Virginia to lose. And we're like, please, please, please. And they announced that they lost. And we literally could feel, like, the plane drop. And we all thought we were dying. So it was the most <laughs> exhilarating feeling to, like, oh, like, I got to pray for, I got to pray for, you know, my family and all that stuff. You can see us all <laughs> holding hands, super scared. But that's definitely, like, it's just, it, winning a national championship is, is just an amazing moment as is. But uh, I would say if you if you're talking about like great players that I, w- I was able to go up against, yeah, there's probably no better college running back that I went up against than Darren McFadden at that time, who was out of this oh, world. Yeah. 
And oh, they yeah. that, like they really like invented the Wildcat, him and Felix Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Those were some of the best games. Even if they were three and nine, they still came out and they played us uh, as hard as they possibly could. And they got the win on them. So, yeah, definitely Darren McFadden being one of the best guys that I played against in college. Oh, that's that's, awesome. that's interesting because I would have thought you would have gone a different direction than that. But McFadden, I remember that yeah. when he uh, Arkansas, you know, he uh, I was surprised when he came out and they obviously made him a running back over a quarterback because I know that's a position he played high at Arkansas. So, so I guess my question is: is at what point did you realize at LSU that you had a chance to maybe go the pro route? to make that transition and then to go undrafted and still, obviously you went the long route. I'd, I'd assume you would join the, the practice squad at first and then work your way up. Is that correct? No. So, you know, when I finished playing college, so my college career was like shaky. Like I came in, I started as a freshman, then I got the starting safety job and I lost mm-hmm. it and I got it back and I lost it. And it just kept going, kept going that way for my entire college career. So, as I got to the end, I literally asked my uh, my roommate, my college roommate at the time, his name's Perry Riley. I was like, do you think that I should actually keep working out and trying to do this? <laughs> because yeah. I know he's, he, I see him getting all his packages and his letters and the agents are contacting him and I'm not getting that same attention. I'm like, yeah, football's probably over for me. Like, I understand that I can accept that. He's like, hell nah, man. Somebody's going to pick you up. You, you're 6'1", you're 220, you run fast. Like, somebody's going to pick you up. So, I didn't hire a trainer or any of that. I just worked out at my college. I did my pro day. Uh, I watched the draft. Nobody called me. And then right after the draft, the Cowboys called and said, hey, we're not going to, like, sorry, we weren't able to draft you. We had some other needs, but would you be willing to sign with us? We really want you. Paid me five grand <laughs> to come in. And uh, I did. I, I ended up making the team as a special teams player, so I, I never had to uh, to go to practice squad. But okay. I mean, I I played my ass off on special teams for for year after year after year, and I just stuck with it for for six years. So, well, I did I did see this, and I didn't know this because I a complete transparency. I'm not a huge cowboy fan, but um, you're one of only two players that had led the team in special team tackles in back to back years. I believe the other guy's name was Bill Bates, if Bill I remember Bates, right. Man, he's the original original forty. The original yeah. 40. Bill Bates is a legend around the cowboy uh, in the cowboy community. <laughs> So I was reading that, and so, and then um, obviously I saw that you got an opportunity to start for almost the full season. I believe it was your second or third year in the league. Is that correct? It was my my third year. My third, third year. year um, we had a couple safeties safeties go down, and usually when that happens, they bring in a they, they you know they go to the free agent wire. They bring in a couple guys, but I ended up playing well enough uh, for them to allow me to start for about ten games. Uh, you know. It, it went okay. <laughs> then I went back to my special teams role uh, until I went to Chicago. And that's right, because yeah, you went to Chicago and then you came back to Dallas for a year, and then uh, and then that was kind of the end of the career, if if I remember correctly. Is that is yes. that right? Chicago sucked. Okay, they covered <laughs> my quarterback. We won five games. I called my coaches. I said, "Hey, man, can I come back?" Thankfully, they allowed me to come back because that usually doesn't happen once you decide to leave the team. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, Tony Romo gets hurt twice in that year. We only went four games. So my last two years, I won nine games oh. out of thirty-two. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I was okay. So I did see some, and I maybe it was just like a, a mess up on the stat line, but they had you listed as, as having rushing yards for Chicago. <laughs> no, nah, it was a fake punt. Okay, okay. It was a fake punt. We did not get the first down, so that was my only <laughs> chance to run the ball in, in the NFL, and it was not successful. 
man. So um, I played football growing up and uh, I had aspirations. I was like, oh, at least I could make it to a college team and, you know, maybe something like that. And then I had a buddy of mine and he was a, a bigger kid. I was like a freshman. He was probably like 6'2 as a freshman, about 240. He was just a big guy. And he brought in this book that what scouts look for from college players. And I started going through and I looked at my height and I'm barely six foot. And I'm like looking through, I'm like, okay, based on height, I can play running back, safety, cornerback. And then I looked at the 40 times I was like, and they were all like, you know, almost a full second to like six tenths of a second faster. I was like, I'm never going to, this ain't going to happen. So let's just (laughs) pack it up now. So, I mean. The odds of you going to a D1 school and then the odds of making it to the pros is just phenomenal. And then working your ass off at special teams, I mean, and then, you know, becoming one of only two guys to lead the team in tackles on that special teams unit is super impressive. I mean, like you said, Bill Bates is a legend. I mean, I would assume you're following suit in that with that that legend. No, 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 no. Listen, I was just I was just happy to be in the same in the same category as Bill Bates. Bill Bates career, Hall of Fame career as far as with the Cowboys. Uh, just happy to be able to 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 take that journey, right? Because like I said, I went through the ups and downs and then not knowing if I was gonna be able to make the team. Funny story, the same guy that I told you that was my roommate, who I yeah. asked if I should be, if I should continue working out. When I got to the Cowboys, my special teams coach is the one who found me and asked asked the coaches to bring me in. He's like, hey, listen, I just want to let you know that you're my guy, so I want you to be successful. It's like, well, like, what did you see in me? He was like, actually, I was watching tape of another guy, and then I just kept sawing you flash on film. That mm-hmm. guy happened to be my roommate <laughs> at the time. Oh, <laughs> man. So, like, talk about things just, like, happening, you know, by chance, right? Or some things are just meant to happen, right? Just continue yep. playing, continue, continue fighting. And then you'll get noticed. Maybe not you, but maybe because somebody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then that allows you to shine as well. So you just never know when your opportunities don't present itself. A hundred percent. And I was going to say, I was looking at like some of the players that you played with, uh, not only on the Cowboys, but also at LSU. I mean, mm-hmm. you played with some all pros like Patrick Peterson. I, I'm His first name's uh, passing me, but it's Richardson. I know he went to the Chiefs. Um, yeah, a couple got, other guys. I mean, man, at that time we had LeRon Landry. We yeah, had, we had yeah Patrick Peterson. We had Morris Claiborne. We had like like we were rolling at that time, right? Because Nick Saban yeah. had just gotten to Alabama. That's my little sister Facetime my 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 daughter. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Had <laughs> just gotten to Alabama, so he hadn't started taking that talent away from LSU at that time. So we we had all the talent. Man, that it was a wild time in the college landscape. So after your football career kind of wraps up. How did that lead into going into Survivor? Have you always been a fan of Survivor? Or? No. Uh, so my football career ended. And like most NFL players or any professional uh, athlete who has been doing something for their entire life, and then yeah. they no longer are able to do that thing, you kind of have this idle time where you like, like, like what now? Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, um, I retired. I moved back to Houston. All my friends are working their nine to fives and then I'm like doing nothing. My wife's at work. So I'm like, what, like what to do? Got into TV. I'm looking at a streaming service and I see Survivor. I remember Survivor because I used to see the commercials back in 2000 when I think it was the first season. I see the commercials Mm -hmm. like, you know, 12 years old. I don't, I don't really know what's going on. So I didn't pay attention. I'm like, let me try it out. I watched the first episode and it's, I think it's season 15 and they're out there with the, it's like the they're on an island and they have these island people with these spears and it's they're doing like blood rituals and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, this is crazy, right? So <laughs> I, that, I finished that season. 
And then I just never could turn it off. And me and the wife started watching it together. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I could do that. You know how we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that person doing this? I would never, I would never tell them that I find an idol. And then that turned Mm -hmm. into, I think I should apply and try try to see if I can really get this done. Yeah. Um, So it kind of died down. I asked my wife. She was like, no, hell no, hell no. She was with my (laughs) wife at the time, but she was like, nah, you're not leaving me. You're not leaving me right now. So as soon as we got married, I'm like, here we go. You like, what, what should we do? And she made my audition tape for me. And they call me back the next day. Of course, I did my audition tape in my Cowboys gear and all that stuff because Cowboys <laughs> have a history of being able to get on the show. Yeah. Uh, so they call me back the next day. And, you know, the rest is history. That's wow. awesome. Look, I, I'm not going to fault you for that because I've actually had conversations with friends when we were like 17, 18. I was like, man, if I ever went pro, I'd wear my own jersey everywhere. I go to the mall in my jersey all the time. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, listen, I put the work in. I'm going to try to reap all the benefits of, of, what, of, of that profession, especially this organization, because it's so it's so well known. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's well, I mean, it's, shit. Last report I saw is like it's like top five most uh the highest value of any sports is it the number one now <laughs> number one oh wow yeah. number one that is That's insane crazy. especially when you start factoring in like the size of some of those soccer clubs over yeah. there in britain and spain and all that that's insane yeah that's wild so obviously i see wow. you're still wearing the cowboys polo i'm gonna jump around a little bit before i let tony dive into survivor because i know he's <laughs> chomping at the bit on it um is uh do you still work with the cowboys or uh, yeah so um also, at that time, like right, right before I applied to get back on Survivor, I moved back to Dallas uh, to start running the youth football program. So we do youth camps. We're involved in high school football. We do a lot of stuff around the DFW area. So I'm kind of involved in all that. I uh, awesome. also have my own podcast with the former teammate on the Dallas Cowboys Network called The Players Now. So I do that as well. And then I am an ambassador. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> persistence i love it and then i am an ambassador for uh the cowboys as well so i go to the games uh i go do sweet visits you know people who buy sweets go in hey danny mccray former blah 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 blah. oh yeah kind of watch the game to be one of the former players that are around so still heavily involved in the organization best organization that that i've ever been a part of so i just got to keep hyping them up go cowboys all the time i love it i love love it man that is so cool so, so you do obviously sweet visits, all of that. I want to mention, like, I kind of noticed it when you were doing, uh, when they were doing like the hall brawl and the balls in that you were like calling it like an announcer. Like you, like, there was a certain point where you looked at, I forget, I want to say it was like Dom or someone. And you're like, he's done after that hit. It's over. And it was, oh, yeah, that was um, balls in. Yeah, that was the David one, and it, it it was true. Like you called it. Have you ever thought about like maybe moving into the booth, start calling some of the games? No, listen, my my wife will allow me to do these shows for six weeks, but the life of a sports commentator and analyst is way more brutal than leaving yeah. for six weeks. Like during the season for them, it's never being at home, it's studying film on whatever team you have. And you have to really dedicate yourself to doing that. And I love the game of football, but I like to watch it from my perspective, not having to talk to, you know, I don't want to be Tony Romo and have have to say it a certain way. I'm like, man, what, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so no, no, uh, no, no, booth, no booth for me. No booth, future for you. That's All right. fair, yeah. No, yeah. I, that's, that's awesome, fair. though. I mean, especially like. 
I think it's it's awesome that it, especially working with the youth in the Dallas Fort Worth area, um, you know, doing yeah. those because I know how much that means as you know a kid playing Pop Warner or you know a kid going to high school. I mean, just I remember doing a camp at you know like it, it was. I forget. I think it was UC Irvine or something. It was a really small school and they had people from like USC come in. Um, and it, it meant the world as a high school kid. So, I mean, being able to go to a pro, a uh, pro stadium, meet some of the former players, it's gotta be you oh, know, yeah. a, a trip of a lifetime for some of those kids. Yeah. You gotta think about it. These kids come. So we do first through eighth grade. So yeah. I've been doing this for, this is my fourth year, my fourth finish year. So some of these kids that I have have been coming here since first grade. And then now they're, you know, fifth graders, right? So when they come in each year, it's like, hey, Coach McCray, you see them, they grew, you know, four or five inches. They get a little deeper every once in a while. And you can see that they're picking up and they're learning, but they really look at you as as one of those people who I'm going to look up to, I'm going to listen to them, and I can't wait to see them year after year, right? Because we don't see them for almost, you know, 10 months. Yeah. They're waiting to come back and see you that summer. So it's just great for us as it is for them, but just happy to be able to to give them some of the knowledge that we have because all I think most of my uh, coaching staff are former NFL players, not all Cowboys, but uh, just coaches from around the league. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I mean, that's that's a hell of an experience for them too, as that's well. I mean, so to get cool. that amount of you know experience yeah. from coaches that have all been in the league to tell them what to do, I mean, that's invaluable. Yeah. Check out check out the Instagram. One of my one of my reels, you'll see like what we do. We do we do DCC too. So like just like you, the parents are like, oh, this is so cute, right? Because you got the little girls out there, and we yeah. see like a game on the last day. So the cheerleaders are like performing while the football players are doing flag football. Aww. It's it's awesome. an experience. That's awesome. Yeah, our uh, our middle child is actually in flag football right now. It's his first yeah. year, and he's yeah. loving every second of it. Yeah, you know, of course, it's you know nine year old, so it's like you got to pay attention to your coach. Don't look <laughs> at us. Look at your coach. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. but, Believe me, I know. Yeah. Uh, Tony, go ahead. I know you want to get into the Survivor bit, so I want to let this go because I'm interested to hear more about this because, unfortunately, I'm pretty new to Survivor. Tony and Karina got me into it, and I've seen 42, and I'm starting to watch 43, and 41's on my next. I know. I know. (laughs) We... Look, it's back to back challenges. We uh, we get no breaks here. No, I know. It's It's tough. Yeah. When these guys initially said that they were going to start watching Survivor, I actually went back through all, I guess it would have been all 41 seasons at that time, and basically gave them a numbered list of (laughs) what to watch in what order based on like how the game would change and people that you'd see in later seasons. Yeah, yeah, you are a pro then. <laughs> yeah, see, this this is my sports. Like, I know nothing about football other than what I've learned from Remember the Titans. But as far as like Survivor, that's that's kind of where I'm. Tony's more comfortable. our guy. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so I guess um, I guess to start, like, I know that season forty one kind of got hit with COVID. Were you part of the original forty one cast? Because I know that there are a couple of people that ended up on forty two, like Lindsay, and then I think Cassidy from this season was also supposed to be at one point on the original season 41. Were you always a part of the 41 cast? Yeah, I was actually a couple of days from leaving uh, when I got the call uh, that, that it was getting postponed. And at that time, they right. thought it was going to postpone for a month. Uh, and it ended up being a, you know, a full, full year. So yeah, I was supposed to be on 41 uh, from the get go. Wow. Uh, That's crazy yeah. though. Yeah. We were, we were in, we were in Las Vegas for NFL meetings and we were, already kind of worried about it and then we got the news when you started seeing the basketball player like 
uh, you know, acting like he was touching somebody's lip. And yeah. Everything yeah. gets shut down. And we're all like, yeah, this is, this is, this is done. This is done. I- I was going to say, I remember that we were flying yeah. home from Colorado, Colorado, from Denver, or no, Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we were on the plane. I got the alert as soon as we landed saying NBA shut down. I was like, I'm glad we caught the flight today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After that, it was over. Yeah. And was that also the first season that you had, like when you applied, you applied and basically got right on 41? Because I think Owen from this season was originally in casting for uh, David versus Goliath with like Davey and all them. Okay, you know that that was my first one. So I, I applied nice. during forty. I believe that that would have been whatever twenty nineteen was. I applied and then I, I made it to that that season. Wow, that's awesome. Now I know, like when you guys all jump off the boat, and unfortunately your boat is still attached uh, to the anchor. But surprise, like, <laughs> I have to say, you guys made it really far with a boat that was attached to an anchor. Yeah, in <laughs> comparison to to some of the others. <laughs> now, when you do savvy versus sweat, when you go back with you and Deshaun, is it like an immediate decision that you guys are going to do sweat and like that's a done deal? Or was there a bit more conversation about the possibility of doing savvy, even though it's covered and you don't really have any idea like what it's going to be? Uh, it was pretty immediate. I think everybody, because this is the first time that we had gone on to a season where they were talking about no Flint, no this and having to do right. savvy versus sweat. So yeah. what happened was we hopped on the boat and me and Deshaun are at the back. And I say, Deshaun, did we unclip? And I think he heard somebody at the front say that they had unclipped the front. So he's like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So we just, we're like, we both assume that the back is already unclipped. So this is how we make that mistake. So when we get to to the beach, we're like, okay, well, me and Deshaun look like, you know, we feel like we're pretty strong enough to do it. And we want to make this this quick alliance real quick so I can kind of get to know him. So it was really instant. And the excuse was, hey, me and Deshaun were at the back. Uh, so it was probably our fault. So. We'll take the loss on this one. We'll make sure we get it done. Uh, right. You know, that alliance made it all the way through pretty much. The end yeah. Of the yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And with Shipwheel Island, too, like you again, there's there's sort of like a a continuing theme of you volunteering in the very beginning. Um, was that just because you didn't want to bother with rock, paper, scissors? No one else was like super keen to go on this <laughs> unknown journey by jumping really in the boat though. and going away for the day. No. What? So what actually happened? So my, my thought process is. One at the beginning of the game for me is when I want to then make all of those risky decisions because yep. usually in survivors, we want to keep the strong people because we want to be able to win challenges. So if it's any time for me to make those type of moves, it would be at the okay. beginning. So at the beginning of the game, I'm like, yes, me, 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 me. <laughs> but what happened with that was we were all sitting, sitting around, the boat comes up and they hand off the paper and they're like, who's going to go? And everybody was trying to force Sydney to go. They were like, Sydney wants to go, Sydney wants to go, like, give it to Sydney. And the look on Sydney's face is like, I don't want to go. So, <laughs> so me and Sydney's relationship kind of started off with that. Like, yo, leave her alone. I'll do it. Like, I'll take it. Don't worry about it. So you don't have to go. I'll make sure I take that. And, you know, it that's just kind of how it worked out. But I was willing to do it just because it was so early that I figured they were going to think that they needed me in challenges in order to be successful uh, to move mm-hmm. through the game. Yeah, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, I think I remember you telling me that Danny's whole tribe made the merge. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah, the, <laughs> the quote unquote merge. Yeah. Rick's, Rick's hitting su- touchy subjects right out of the game. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was just curious. All right. I'll, I'll back not, off a little bit. We did bit. not lose an immunity challenge the entire time pre-merge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I was talking to uh, to Alex Brazard, who's on the Circle, um, the most recent season, 
And we were talking about that. And the only other team that we could actually, the only other tribe we could think of off the top would have been like Tandang from the Philippine season yeah. that didn't go to tribal. Did they try to throw, did they try to throw a challenge and still couldn't get it? <laughs> no, which is like it takes it takes a certain strength of a tribe for about what for for two people out of the tribe to like actively try, including retying knots, to try to lose a challenge, still come out on top, and then you've got Nasir who's just absolutely beasting through it. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, and you, you, wouldn't Nasir, you wouldn't right expect you wouldn't expect Nasir to be like the the unstoppable force, but every time he's just like, no, I'm going to do this. And like Deshaun started to slow down, so Nasir dives in and just starts doing it. I, yeah, it was, that was unfortunate. Yeah. If the game would have went a totally different way, if we were successful in that, throwing that challenge. But you know, everything happens for a reason. We we were unsuccessful and we paid for it at the end. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing too. Like I actually to prep for this, I did a, like a 48 hour rewatch of survivor 41 watching it again. It's really interesting how many times Erica came up in conversation and then it just like went somewhere else or it just like, it sort of dissipated, dissipated into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, the whole Erica thing came from Deshaun, uh, first of right. all. So Deshaun starts this rumor that Erica wants to get out of Sydney which wasn't true. Mm-hmm. He's the one who actually went to Erica to try to get Sydney out. But when she said no, he wanted to cover his bases and went back. So he starts this whole thing uh, with Erica. So when you hear like me say, you hear Shan say, like Erica can't be trusted. She's sneaky. That all yeah. stems from a lot that Deshaun told. Mm-hmm. Um, the hourglass twist is what really saved Erica. Not only yeah. the fact that she was safe, but that's how Survivor goes, right? Once you're safe at that merge vote, that first one, if you make it through that one, then you can kind of skate by because you start to see where the lines are being formed at. So yep. that's why she would come up as being sneaky, but then she would also make it through. We also went through so many twists where we split the tribe in half, and then you have yep. to figure out who you want to get out with only five and five on each tribe. So the game helped. I think the game flowed for her to, to win it. Then she earned it. Like I'm not yeah. taking anything away from her because we all played the same game. But I just think. The, way, the reason why she her name started disappearing is because of the flow of the game. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting that you say that about Deshaun because he did it again like later on in the game where he was just doing everything that he could to get Erica to say that she didn't want to take Heather to the end with her. So then he could say that she actually said she didn't want to take <laughs> Heather to the end with her. <laughs> and he didn't even know what he needed the information for. He's just like, if I have it, then I have it and I can use it as I need it. Devious D-Rap, man. Devious d <laughs> Yeah, that's now, that's great. What uh, like what was going on for the first, I guess, eight to ten days of like the Lulu tribe? Because really, what was happening is we'd see a little bit of you like going out into the challenges and everything like that. But then, of course, because you guys were winning every single immunity challenge, you weren't going to tribal. So then, the back half of every episode, Luva was absent. So we didn't really get to see a lot of like the the conversations or like the alliances that were starting to form, or I guess because you weren't going to tribal, was it sort of this weird, like awkward sense of Kumbaya where you couldn't really get anyone out. So you're trying to keep the peace. There was no no Kumbaya. (laughs) They could have made their own TV show or stuff that was going on. Right. You see, you see Sydney's personality, right. Mm -hmm, You also, you can see uh, Deshaun wanted to be devious. And then Nasir was his own character by itself, right? Island guy, 
He knows how to do everything. He also feels like he knows how to do everything. So he's in that in that position of like kind of like they need me. I'm gonna feed them. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. So yeah. you have me, Sydney, and Deshaun together, and Erica's kind of on the outside of that. And then Deshaun ruins it with this whole lie with Sydney and Erica. So now everybody's looking is looking at Erica a little weird. Sydney and Nasir at this point hate each other. They they absolutely hate each other. Um, what they didn't show was the the challenge, not the challenge, but Sydney found an advantage. She had to sneak right. out of camp and go to a secret island. Well, she told me and Deshaun, me and Deshaun are coming up with this plan where she says her stomach is hurting and she's probably gonna have to go to the doctor or whatever. So she gets up in the middle of the night, she leaves to go on, on this trip and the seer, this is the one night where this dude just can't go to sleep. <laughs> so he's waking up every hour. Where's Sydney? Where's Sydney? Where's Sydney? So finally I'm like, she's probably having woman problems or something, man. Won't you let Erica go check on her? Right. So he wakes up. Erica, Erica wakes up. She's like, Sydney's gonna be fine. Hour later, he's like, I'm gonna go look myself. <laughs> so he's walking around the beach, you know, looking for Sydney. And when he finally realizes that she's gone, like he questions her the next morning. And she loses it. This guy's telling me that my family's going to be upset because I'm not playing an honest game. And this and that, how dare he? And this goes on for the entire time. So we had a lot of we had a lot of drama on the Lulu wow. Beach. Everybody was ready for the merge and to kind of go their separate ways. I suppose those are kind of like the two extremes is you're either going to get a really tight group or you're going to get a group that didn't have to trim any excess players like not necessarily any bad players, but just any any extra players that they weren't jiving with. So you have that built in animosity. We also like um, just on the podcast and in general, we talk about moments that kind of go beyond the game. And one of the things that immediately uh, stood out for me and one of the things that I just wanted to mention was in the challenge where Heather is really struggling um, and she's the second person. She has to throw the ball up and then run through all the ropes and catch it. And it's just not happening. And she just has that moment at the end where she just gets right down on her knees and you are right there immediately. That was for, I still remember it. Like, cause we, um, we have neighbors two doors up and they always come and watch survivor with us. And at that moment, everyone was just like, well, we need Danny to win because <laughs> it was just like this, such a pure moment. And I mean, after the challenge, everyone applauds for her and she says that she feels that she let herself down and I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to say it exactly, but you you said something along the lines of if you give it absolutely everything that you've got and there's nothing left in the tank, then it's impossible for you to let yourself down. And she's got nothing left. She gave it all. And I mean, granted, it was one of the first times that we saw Heather in the first six episodes as well. But it was that it was that moment that really came beyond Survivor. And it was just a really like human moment that they were able to perfectly capture and it was like such a great moment to see. Yeah, I think I think that just, you know, the team sports, like I told you guys about my football mm. career, you know, at the top in high school. And, and I, I mean, the LSU days are kind of shaky. Same thing when you get to the NFL is a little shaky, but you just continue to fight and you keep going. And and it's true, though. Right. If I go if I go do all the st- film study that I'm supposed to do, I live all the ways that I'm supposed to live. I do all the training that I'm supposed to do. And somebody ends up being better than me. I didn't let myself down. All right. right yeah. There's going to, yeah. most of the time, it's going to be somebody that's better than everybody, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be somebody yeah. that's better than, than the greatest player that you ever thought of. Even if you don't want to admit it, it's going to be somebody that's better, right? But if you put all that you could into it and it just didn't work out, then you gave it your all. 
then yeah. you should feel bad about it. Now, people should, the people that should feel bad is when you can look back on a week ago when you skipped that rep <laughs> or you look back a year ago when you was like, man, should I go run? And you decide not to go run. You decide to go have a beer. That's when when you can look back and say, yeah, I did let myself down because maybe if I had done everything I was supposed to do, then it would have worked out in my favor. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like it was a it was a really cool progression to see um, some of the people that were on your season as well, because watching it again, because um, I don't think that I've watched it in its entirety since it aired. So it was really interesting to see everybody again and watch that first season back after kind of the, I guess, the quote unquote new era and the, the monster that is uh, lurking on the island uh, per Jeff Probst. What was it like going out there, knowing that you knowing that the game was 26 days rather than 39 and like knowing that they were going to, I guess, make up for that with uh, twists and um, like minimal supplies and all that? It was it was exciting. So Survivor had been off for a year. We had been waiting to see when the new, what the new season was going to look like. And this is also the first uh, the first season where they did the 50 percent BIPOC. So yeah. the cast was more diverse. So we were all going out there to say, hey, this is how the game should be played. We want to make sure we represent well so they can continue yeah. to do this, right? We want to make sure that we paint the right picture, we do the right things while we're out here. So it was exciting to get that shot to do it. And then they say it's going to be a new game. So you're like, well, <laughs> break it on then, right? Yeah. <laughs> we want something new. We want something exciting. Now, we didn't expect the hourglass twist to be in and all, you know, with all that stuff. And that's the only one I had a problem with. Everything else to me was was part of the game. It was fair. And it was exciting to play. I've been watching Survivor, like I said, since 2015. And I've been like wanting to test myself to see if I could do something like that, especially missing the competition that I used to get from football. So mm -hmm. I was ecstatic. I was I was I was just super excited to be around new people and get to experience that. I'm going to ask this because we've talked about it. We've we've circled around it twice now. The hourglass twist. <laughs> I, I'm personally not a fan of it. Like, um. I, I appreciate the aspect of splitting the like splitting into groups. Half of the people are safe. Half the people are not safe. And then everybody votes. That's fine. Like I, I like that twist. It's an interesting twist. The hourglass. So Rick and Karina, you saw, you would have seen it on 42. Yeah. Um, I watched 41. So I've seen it. Yeah. Right. So you watch 41 <laughs> and Rick, you haven't yet. I, I, um, I work 10 <laughs> hours a day. I don't yeah. have time. <laughs> no, totally. Um, so how I guess, like, how does that go down after you find out what the hourglass twist is? Because I know um, I know that you weren't impressed with it. I know that there were several other people that weren't impressed with it, including like most of the fans. Yeah. How does that how, how does that go down on island um, during the game? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just start where we find out. Right. So we walk yeah. up, we walk up. Right. And we. We're thinking that we're not going to have to compete, the people that just won. Um, and then Jeff brings Eric in and still not thinking that this could be possible because I've never seen it. He makes an <laughs> announcement and then he like is trying to figure out how we feel about it. He wants us to be upset in that moment. He yeah. wants us yeah. to freak out. And I'm just not going to give him that opportunity. One, because I know I didn't have to get my mind right to try to compete to win at this point. So he asks and gives a basic answer. You know, whatever it is, bro, I'm like, I'm going to compete. Like, like, what do you want me to yeah. do? Um, so go, we compete. Um, and then when we're walking down back, I'm like in my head, I'm like, what, like what just happened? Now I'm processing it. Like what just happened? What did I go through yesterday? And why did I go through it? If this was going to be, you know, what it is. And then also, is this something that's going to continue to happen moving forward? How can I com then compete in any other immunity challenge 
if there's a possibility that all the work that I put in means absolutely nothing. And then you go yeah. further and say, well, dang, what happens if I win a million dollars? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, like you just like you're out there on the island and you start spiraling. I'm like, I don't think I want to be here. <laughs> like I, I think I'm checking out, right? And I'm like, so yeah. I go, I go talk to the producer. I'm like, hey, listen, somebody's gonna have to explain something to me. Y'all just send somebody out here to talk to me. Cause if not, I'm leaving. I'm going home. Like it, it ain't worth it, right? So yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, we'll get somebody to talk to you. Blah blah blah. Kind of giving me a hint that it won't happen again. But that, at that point, I'm I'm already I'm already lost. Yeah. Uh, so I end up going to the back. I talk to a few people for an hour or so. They like, hey, do you want to like? Do you want to talk to Jeff about this? Like, he wants to hear your opinion on it. Uh, he wants to see, you know, he wants to make it right. Blah blah blah. So we have our conversation uh, at Tribal Council. Uh, wasn't anything crazy, but it was, you know, just straight up. Hey, man, you lied. You told us, you know, that this is what it is. It, it, essentially, in that moment, you were my coach, right? You're walking around while we're doing this challenge. You're saying, finish. You got to dig. This is what Survivor is about. And then you always say, this is the only thing that can keep you safe. Now, all of a sudden, that's not true, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another weird part about it is Tiffany, at that point, is like, well, we don't think it was fair because look at the trial. Look, look at the teams. And I'm like, yeah, look at the teams. Look at the teams. You voted out all of the strength off your trial. <laughs> the other tribe lost all of their tribe members. It was just Ricard and Shan left. Yeah. My tribe yeah. did the work. We won. And that's why most of us were on this winning tribe. So I still think it's fair. So you that was the decision you made to go to All Girls Alliance. So it's fair in my opinion. So we have this long discussion. And then, you know, of course we have to move on. I stayed in the game. It just made it really hard for me to then get into that locked-in mode of being able to compete because I felt like I was trapped there at that moment. One, I didn't want to be a quitter. Two, I'm like, I'm not going to let these people mess over my head again. So I was in in a, in a very weird space for a while until my, you know, moment of clarity where it was like, man, like, snap out of this, man. Snap out of this. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that isolation has got to play a role in it, right? You know, because oh. you're sitting there and, and you're able to – to basically break down something mentally that would take you a week in normal life. But because you're out there on an Island with no other distractions, you're able to run through every scenario in a day. <laughs> it's only, you know, it's only fitting that you're going to have a little bit of a reaction to yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh, it was extreme. It was extreme, man. I, I don't, I can't recall a time where I cried so much in my life, one out of anger and then two out of frustration. It was just like, what, like, like I signed up for this. Like I have, I have a daughter at home. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I don't need to be here. Like, what are you doing? Like, did you sign up to get tricked? It was just a whole thing of like, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have came. And that it literally took me two or three hours to like process it, take mm-hmm. it in and say, you know what? If, 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 if I was on the phone with the wife, what would she say? Hey, just sit your ass down <laughs> and figure <laughs> out, figure out what you can do. Cause at that point, I think we're like 13 days in. So yeah, it yeah. makes no sense to, to just leave. Yeah, right. you're yeah, already at the fifty exactly. percent mark. So uh Corey, who just joined us, is one of our newest co-hosts. Um, he is a Louisiana native himself. He found out that you're gonna be on today and we, we couldn't <laughs> let him not hop on with us today. What's up? What's up? What's going on, man? Not much, not much. <laughs> so Sorry about that. I just wanted to do the quick introduction so we didn't it didn't seem like it was some random oh, no. just <laughs> dropping in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how many people you give this link to? Yeah. So <laughs> little side note, we run a group on Facebook of nothing but like it's challenge based. And it's how we all got into this was we were all on a Facebook group together and we're like, hey, why don't we do a podcast? And so um, you know, one of our things is we like to try to invite people on from time to time and you know, the good ones get to stick around like Tony and Corey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry about that, Tony. But if you want to go ahead, I know you got a few more on Survivor too. Yeah, totally. Just a couple more. Um, so I know that we like we see a very abridged um, tribal council most times. <laughs> how how intense was that very first merge vote? Yes. Like because you've got Evie's name going around, you've got Sid's names going around. Um, I think you even had Deshaun's name going around at that point. Everybody gets up. And normally I am very against like whispering at tribal council just as like a personal thing, because that's how Malcolm got taken out from JT starting whispering. So it hurts, but it seems so organic and it seems almost a part of the game on your season because it happens so often where there are these pop ups. But it it seemed it didn't seem like whispering at tribal. It legitimately seemed like a further conversation that was taking part and then more like a new game mechanic with you guys. Yeah. I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't think there was any other way for it to happen. Right. Because you got to yeah. think about that. So what the hourglass twist did was it, it made us safe and then it made us be able to sit back and watch who the other people would talk about voting out. Right. So there's mm-hmm. a plan yeah. in place, right. <laughs> and then you go to the challenge and now that plan that you had is out the window. Cause none of those people are eligible to be voted out. So now right. if you come back, you may have a couple hours to come up with an entirely different plan, right? And Erica hasn't been there. And the people who are now safe, they never imagined that they would be having to come up with this plan, right? So you don't even have enough time to, to figure out what to do. So it was only like it was natural, right, for, for right. That, mm-hmm. uh, that circumstance to come into play. And then you have all the advantages. You got the knowledge is power advantage. Nasir's walking around telling everybody that he's going to play his advantage. Xander and Evie are trying to figure out how they're going to uh, maneuver uh, a way to to keep them both safe with his idol, right? Shan also yeah. has an idol. Like, it's, it's so many things that are going on that that's the only way for that thing to play out for us to actually get to get, I guess, the vote going without it being just one person voting for each other person, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So question I've always had is how often when you guys are walking into a tribal that you guys have the answer of who you're voting out, because it really does seem like that sometimes that that decision's made as the person walks up to go vote, like, oh, we're going to vote for them. Or is it something that you guys have had planned out for a while? Every tribal that I went into, except the first one, I knew exactly who we were voting for. Even the first one I knew until we started kind of scattering a little bit, but yeah, I, I can't think of one where we were walking up and we were like, we have no idea what's going on. Right. Like, we always knew who we were going to vote for and why we were going to vote for them. Even when the the the, the whispering uh, and stuff started happening, we still had an idea. Now, does this yeah. change every once in a while? Yeah. But I think everybody, for the most part, knew who they were voting for. That, that Everybody that I was working with. Yeah. Damn, that tribal was crazy. Nah, man, it was, and it was. And it should have worked out, man. The seer flipped <laughs> on us. Nasir was, I was working with, I thought I was working with Nasir at that point, and we had enough votes to where I walk over, and the math is good, right? Sydney's going to play her do or die, whatever, but Deshaun's going to play his extra vote. So I say, they say, hey, we, I think it was, we vote for Evie, the girls vote for Sydney, And then however it went, I flipped it. So if everybody votes correctly and Nasir votes for Evie, and then we have mm-hmm. Deshaun's extra vote, we're good. Evie's going, going home. Yeah. But Nasir flipped and voted for Sydney. 
and it it it, it, it ruined the, it ruined the whole thing. And I didn't even notice until you know maybe a couple of travels later. I'm like that in the seer. Last minute, man, you guys. So that's why then I wanted to get the seer out. You right. know, yeah. Move forward, it's like yeah, he got to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, was there ever a point that you wanted to um, that you wanted to roll the dice like at at tribal? Because I mean, the only one that did it was Sydney, and it didn't work out. So I didn't know if that might have been an indicator for everyone else to be like, well, it's really not as sure a thing as as it could look. So yeah. maybe it's not the best thing, especially with numbers being as tight as they were the entire back half of the season. Yeah, I think the, so the roll of dice thing is is really for people who don't have any alliance or any trust yeah. in what their plan is at that time. I think, you know, Sydney plays her roll the dice. It's our first time going to tribal. So, yeah. so, so we, we haven't, we hadn't been accustomed to like the, the, the pressure, the stress, the, the whispering and all that stuff. So she panicked a little bit, but every tribal that I went into, I thought that I had some type of plan in place to make it work, except the last one where me and Deshaun were like, listen, we're going to, we're going to vote for each other and whoever stays, maybe you'll have a, a shot to win at the end. Um, so I, I never thought about playing mine. The, I wanted to ask about kind of the doer, the do or die that Deshaun goes through as well. But can't you can't talk about that part without your immunity win. Um, that that challenge looks it looks simplistic, but I know that it's not um, because you have to put a certain amount of pressure on it and you've only got like a certain surface area that that ball is going to rest on. What was what was the thought process going into that? And I know um, that you were also speaking about your dad throughout that episode as well. When you're walking up and Jeff's explaining all of that information to you and like this is the possibility of a do or die where there could be no vote and you could just be out of the game. Any hesitation about playing or you're this is what you're here to do and you're going to take every risk that that comes your way. Well, well, I mean, at that point, we had to take the risk because we had just lost Shan. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we're down. We're down numbers at this point. So we would have to trust Ricard, who he already knows that I was trying to vote him out. So I knew that it was only me, Shan. I mean, me, Deshaun, and Liana, and we blindsided Liana. So I'm like, listen, I need to win. There's no way I can sit out because I won't even have the numbers to save myself. It's going to be me or Deshaun. And before right. that challenge, me and Deshaun were like, listen, it's time. He came up to me. He's like, bro, what are you doing, bro? It's time. Like, you need to win something. <laughs> like, you're not you haven't been performing well. So I got this added pressure of that. I just went through this moment where, you know, I had this realization about my father and all that stuff. So the time worked out. Um and it was a challenge for me. Like it didn't inc- it didn't include a puzzle. <laughs> it wasn't any swimming. It was something that was mental and mental and physical, right? So I just think that was the challenge for me, and it came came to me at the right moment. Still surprised that Deshaun dropped out so quick, but I'm so glad yeah. he did because had he not, he may have been getting voted out to go home. Wow. Yeah, wow. true enough. And I mean it. It also reminds me, like at the end of Survivor Philippines, they had that exact same um, challenge, and Malcolm had won the advantage of being able to restart. And as soon as he walked in, he looked at it and he's like, it doesn't matter because he when he gets nervous, his hands shake. So it didn't matter how many times he was able to restart that he was not winning. And that ended up being the thing that sent him home because it was the final four uh, immunity challenge. Yeah, I think we went, and I think we went further than anybody and then, than the uh, previous challenges, too. We had all of yeah. them for it was like, just go till you're done. Yeah. And that would like. Then you you've almost got like a samurai sword length by the end by the time that you're done with it with all the pieces. Yeah, it kill it kills your your four, so if you hold it this way, it yeah. kills the outside, I believe. 
And then, so the last one, I flipped it to where it was working the inside muscle. Yeah. So just got lucky that nobody else did it. Uh, I definitely, I was like, Ricard and Xander, these two have been killing the challenge. <laughs> this is like, how is this going to play out? I thought we were going to be up there all day. I guess I've got one more question in relation to Survivor, and it's actually your question from Final Tribal. So you look at everything in the phases, and there's the three phases of pre-merge, post-merge, and final eight. What was your game plan for each of those phases of the game? And then when we get to it, what was your game plan for the different phases of the Challenge USA? Yeah, I think I think they mirrored each other. Um, the way I look at Survivor, and I and it could be different from it's different for everyone, but I always see the show right. And I see the people who want to run the game and they want to make the big move and they make it too early. They do it too early or they tell too many lies to where nobody can trust them by the time it's really, you know, time for them to make that big move. So yeah. my plan is, hey, we're going to go in like we're going to use our personality to make sure that everybody is cool and they trust you. We're going to survive until the merge. We're going to make sure that we survive until the merge. The merge to me is when the real competition starts to like peek their head up right like yeah. before that i don't think there's any real threats like i don't think that anything you put on your resume before that merge by taking out a player is a real threat because nobody else knows that you did it, right we've been split right yeah. throughout the mm-hmm. entire time so figure out who is then going to start being that person to become the front runner right so it took a while but then you start seeing ricard become that guy yeah mm-hmm. so in my mind whoever is able to take ricard out at this point, has a, has the best shot to win the game, right? So I'm preaching this, right, to Deshaun. I'm preaching it to Chan and Liana. Uh, we just couldn't get it done, right? So in my mind, if I'm able to take Ricard out instead of having to take Shan out, and this is my plan, and then I go back and tell everybody that, that's perfect, yep. right? Because the next person who's going to go out most likely is Shan. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm obviously <laughs> going to be a part of taking her out at the same time, but the person who was running the show at that time. They thought it was Shan, but Ricard was winning the challenges and he was Shan's number two, so supposedly. But if you watch the game more, you realize that he wasn't just that. He was, yeah. he was doing way more in the game than what, what he was letting on. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing in, in the challenge. Um, you go into the house, which is so much better. I don't have to lie about being a former <laughs> NFL player. I can just be myself. And you're not obligated to make any big moves, right? Yeah. What does... And I'm not saying I lost on purpose, right? Not not saying that at all. But winning puts an, an added amount of pressure on you throughout the game, yeah. right? Every time you win, then you have to throw somebody in. Yeah. You, have, you have to risk whatever relationship you have by throwing somebody in the game, right? So do I want to win? Yeah. Am I dying to do it? No. Yeah. <laughs> not, not until I have to. Not until I have to. So we had the partners, and then that kind of threw a wrench in it. But you say, okay. What it, the only one that I'm going to really push myself to where I got to I got to win or die is that me and my partner are both good, uh, good at something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you see me and Aza together. Aza doesn't run; she doesn't balance. So we just need to not come in last. <laughs> you see right. Angela and me. Angela's a great swimmer. I suck, so I just need to <laughs> make it through the challenge, right? And then you get to individual game, and it's like. You want me to run around a stadium? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course stadium. I will. I'm going to get my money, and then I don't have to win again. So yep. when we get to Cold Crossing, I'm like, how far did David and Tyson go? Let me get further. <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and, and I'm good. And I don't have to make those decisions. 
And I think it worked out for me. I don't think I rubbed in, like burned any bridges throughout the game. Nobody wanted to vote me in. Uh, and I, you know, I think I pretty much made it through on skate. I didn't, I don't think I heard your name once in yeah. uh, like in any eliminations conversations or anything like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, you know, if that's what it takes, right. The, the main goal is to win the final prize. <laughs> Who those daily challenges? If they have no, they have like the daily challenges don't look anything like the final. I've no. never seen it happen to where you're doing cold crossing in the final. No, 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 absolutely not. Never. No. I mean, the only thing that will be similar is maybe you get a recap of some of the puzzles you've done previously in that year, but yeah. that, or, or that season, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, which actually kind of leads into this. Like y- you said, you started watching survivor after, you know, playing for the Cowboys and started contemplating going, you know, trying out for it. Have you always been a challenge fan or is that something that came along, you know, the same time you became, got into survivor? Always been a challenge, man. I watched the real world. Uh, the wife watches the real world. So that's something that we could watch together. Um, and then we naturally started watching the challenge. Of course, it was world rules versus real world before that. Yeah. And then the challenge. So we always watched it together. She, I didn't know how big of a fan she was until we got married. And it was mm-hmm. like, we got to watch this on Wednesday. Oh, the new season's coming out. Like, you don't keep up with nothing like that. <laughs> it's the challenge. Uh, so literally, it was her idea for me to go on the challenge. I was like, I want to do Survivor. She started seeing uh, players that had been on Survivor then go on the challenge. I think it was yeah. like Michaela was on there. You started seeing Emmy from Survivor. Uh, was Romania. It, Romania. Yeah, uh, Jay was on there. And Jay was, Jay was the first one from yeah, yeah. the U.S. Yeah. And uh, they were like, she's like, okay, listen, I see them, that they're eligible. So if the challenge calls, you have to go. That's the only way you can go on Survivor. I'm like, <laughs> all right, bro. All right, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever yeah. you want. That's how I ended up uh, being on the challenge. So wow. obviously, um, did yeah. MTV reach out to you to do a season or was it just strictly CBS that reached out to you first? It was, um, I want to say it was, was it, how you say it? Bonamere? Murray. Bonamere Murray. It was, yeah, I think it was uh, one of their uh, representatives. So I'm not sure. Which? Yeah. CBS, yeah. CBS uh, but it, it was one of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it, cool. with your fandom in the challenge, and obviously your wife Kiki's fandom, mm-hmm. who's your favorite player? Favorite player? Uh, Not who you think's the greatest, but you're the one that you enjoy watching the most. I, you know what, I enjoy. One hand, I enjoy Leroy's cool, calm, collective, like just playing that honorary game. Yeah, yeah. Bear. Then I love Bear. I like I love watching Bear and and, and how comical he is. When he started coming on the seasons, it was like, where's Bear? Like, I want to laugh a little bit. This dude is funny. Uh, you know, let, 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 let me see. Let, let me see what he's going to do this episode. So love Leroy. But if I want to get a laugh in, I think Bear was probably one of the most natural funny guys on the show. Like, there's other guys who do funny things. But just yeah. looking at Bear, I might just bust out laughing because I know he's about to do or say something crazy. And I think that's how he is in his real life. I don't think he was put probably. on TV. Yeah, it probably is that way. I mean... <laughs> Don't go on his Twitter, that's for sure. But. No, no, yeah. no. I don't I don't like him that much. <laughs> but seeing but yeah, but seeing him on the show, he you know, he would say and do some funny stuff. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, sure. Um I, I do have a question because you've played the game with Tyson on uh, doing the challenge mm-hmm. and being a fan. Do you see the resemblance uh, in the way he plays or the way he acts to uh, what the fans are saying with him being like Wes? Uh I haven't played, you know, since I haven't played with us, I'm not sure. I think Tyson is his own own different type of guy. Yeah. 
I'm not sure of Wes's previous, uh, you know, athletic accomplishments, but I, I'm, I would bet that Tyson's are a little bit more as being the the D1 swimmer, being the former professional cyclist, and then doing these, you know, my hikes up a mountain and doing all, you know, that type of stuff, and then winning Survivor, also playing four times. Tyson is a very confident guy. I haven't met Wes to know if that's for TV or if it's not. But mm-hmm. Tyson is that guy. <laughs> that yeah. is who he is. When you see him on TV and he says he's better than somebody or that he believes that he's better than somebody and all these other people are, are, <laughs> are slower than him or not as fast as him or whatever, that's really him in person. Like the guy looked at me in my face on like week three and we were talking game or whatever. He was like, well, listen, none of the guys here, uh, none of the guys here uh, threaten me. Like I'm not threatened by any of the guys. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm like talking to him. I'm like, right here. He's like, yeah. I was like, I just want to let you know that like, this is not going to be an easy win for you if you think you're going to win. And yeah. competitor to competitor, we were fine. He was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I was going to say, being a professional athlete yourself yeah. and then all the athletic accomplishments and experience that Dyson has, if you don't believe in yourself, you know, you're doing the wrong thing, right? You know, yeah. it's it's almost – I like to compare it to the wide receiver mentality, which is every wide receiver thinks he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you have one catch or, or 15 catches, yep. you know? See, but, see, my, see, but my, my, thought, my mindset is just a little different than, than that. One, I, I play defensive back, so it's a little different. But yeah, one, I, I, I make sure that when I'm listening to somebody's story or when I'm looking at somebody else's sport that they play, I got respect for whatever it is they're doing, right? So if you play basketball and I play football, do I believe I'm more physical than you? Yes, but I do know that, that basketball can be physical. I right. do know that people that play basketball may be in better shape for playing basketball, but that doesn't mean that I'm in better shape than them, right? That means they can still push through. They can still get stuff done on the level that I believe that I can get stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think it happened with me and Tyson, and I'm not sure if this is true. This is the read that I got from him is, if you don't play NFL football, Right. And you don't know anything about the sport. Your assumption will be that these are just guys who are just running into each other on Sunday, which could not be further from the truth. No. Right. Yeah. The work that you have to put in throughout the week, throughout the year, through your entire life is probably I, I would I would put it up there with whatever is the most intense sport that you would have in your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to be super physical. You have to be mental. Yeah. you like the mental has to be something. That, that you probably never even been able to, to, to conceive, right? Because you have to be able to read, react, study, and then know that, hey, man, this guy that's coming at me is 240. Yeah. I'm 210 yeah. if I'm a cornerback or I'm, I'm 190. What mm-hmm. type of mentality do I have? Am I going to go out here and put my, put my body on the line to tackle this guy? Wait, I got to do this for 60 minutes? Not just mm-hmm. once. It's not just one haul, bro. No. <laughs> yeah. 60 minutes of this stuff, right? And that is the type of shape that you have to be in. So, no, you're not climbing a mountain, but you have to be able to exert yourself with that much strength and force for a full hour with other yeah. grown men, right? So I respect everybody's sport, and I think it will do them well to respect ours as well. So I, I will never say that football is superior to anybody, any of this, but you do have to know that football is more than just guys running to each other. It takes a lot more to make it to that level and be successful than just being crazy enough to run into somebody. I mean, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. 
you know, football is the most dominant sport. There's not even a question about it. Look, I mean, look, and I, I've got my reason behind it. But if you look at the all around prep that a that a football player, especially a skills player, has to go through, mm-hmm. there is nothing like it. I mean, because, yes, there is physical aspects with basketball and maybe they have better endurance over a longer period of time. Right. But the high intervals that you have to go through in football and prepare your body for, for not only contact, but the, like you said, the mental aspect of it. I mean, it, there's nothing else like it out there. Nothing. I mean, the closest thing is maybe rugby, but that's a totally different world, too. That's like yeah, comparing that's... baseball and cricket. It's, yeah, exactly. it's not the same thing. Yeah, so, I, like, still respect. Like I said, still yeah. respect. But I, and, and the only reason I say that about Tyson, one, is because when he said he didn't, he didn't feel anybody's a threat. But then I watch his interviews afterwards, and he's like, who do you think is going to threaten you in the final? He's talking about Ben and how he hurt his shoulder. He's talking about Dom and how he hurt his back. And then he gets to me and he's like, well, unless we're playing football at the top of this mountain, then I'm not really worried about Danny. I'm like, yeah, like a person who really doesn't know much about the ins and out of football, except what they see on Sunday. Exactly. I look, I, I think Tyson doesn't have confidence. He has hubris, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a, it's a vast difference. Right. And, and not to say that he, he doesn't have the right to have that. But I think he severely underestimated what was coming his way right. via the challenge. And I don't know if he'd watched it before, if he knows about it like you know about it. But, uh, you know, I think certain players that we saw on there had a very clear idea of what was going to happen and what this challenge and what was entitled or what, what they were going to run into in yeah, the final. Yeah, what potentially was going to happen yeah. out there. Yeah, or Like you and Kayla were the two that we talked about on all our recaps of having a really solid read on the game and understanding what's happening. Yeah. You know, so I also think that you being a professional athlete and especially in the NFL, where it is really the next man up at all times, it doesn't matter if you're an all pro or not, you know, it's always next man up mm-hmm. um, that it gives you a certain mentality to push through beyond what any normal person would be able to tolerate. You know what I mean? The level of pain in, in the preparations, you know, I mean. You're around the same age as I am, so I know you went through two and three days in high school in Texas <laughs> Heat. You know what yeah, I mean? Two, two days, man. Two days. That, uh, no joke. No joke. Yeah, especially in the middle of summer in Texas. Like yeah. that's that's uh-uh. not the business. Um, so I think it gave you a certain mental edge above everybody else. So I, I guess my question is on this: is going into the challenge. Did you know that it was going to be other CBS competitors? Were you pervy to that information, or did you just know you were doing a challenge? Well, uh, you know, I honestly can't remember because I looked at so many, like, Reddit pages and, <laughs> and, and Gamer to see, like, who was going to be on there. So just trying to figure out if I should believe it or not. Of course, I heard all the whispers of who may be on there. I, I had heard that Sham probably was on the season, so I knew that there were going to be some other CBS people on there. I just didn't know to what extent, like what all shows I had never watched Love Island. I watched one season of big brother. Uh, yeah. so, and then I also wasn't sure if MTV people were going to be on there either. So mm. didn't have a really big idea, but I did pretty much know that Sham was going to be on there just because we had our little conflict on our season. And after it, you know, probably would have made for good TV if it, if we still were even, but we're friends. So, right. So <laughs> I do give him credit for bringing the Shan music over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was did you have anyone that you were kind of hoping that we were going to see? Like I know that you said you weren't one hundred percent sure it's going to be all CBS players, but either people from your specific season or from just Survivor as a whole that you were kind of hoping might be there when you walked in. No, I mean the, the 
I knew that Deshaun wasn't going to be on there because I asked him before we left, but that would have been the one person where I was like, right. yeah, we, we're, we're good, right? I know I know that I can trust him. He knows he can trust me. If I'm going to ride this thing out with anybody, it's going to be the guy that I just rode the entire season of Survivor 41 out with. But right. Really wasn't hoping to see anybody, but was was like super super intrigued to see like who who it was going to be, what type of athletes they were, what what was the show going for? Was it going for like this yeah. athletic competition, or were they going for like let's see some fireworks on, you know, when when it, when it actually airs on CBS? Hmm. Yeah. So going into this season, um, obviously you you probably have met Dom and Desi through different Survivor events, or maybe you hadn't, um, mm-hmm. but. For us as the viewers, we didn't see anything. All we saw was there's a Survivor Alliance, there's a Big Brother Alliance. Yeah, you know there was no, uh, we didn't know anything about you, Dom, and Desi's alliance, the Triple D's, until I think the last episode where you guys started talking about it. Like, so how did that form? How did that come to be? Yeah, so I, the only person that I had met when I got on the show was Shan. I hadn't I hadn't met anybody in person. Me and Tyson went back and forth on Twitter uh, DM like two weeks before. Because mm-hmm. I was scheduled to do his podcast, and then since we were both going on the show, we it was canceled. But we didn't know why it was canceled for each other. We just, uh-huh. <laughs> we just <laughs> um, so didn't didn't know anybody except Shan. But when we first got on the show, we know the numbers. We're Survivor players. We know that we got eight. Big Brother has nine. It's best if we stick together. So it's like, hey, all Survivors gonna stick together. Cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Dom is like, listen. All right. Survivor Strong is good. Let's 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 carve out our own alliance inside the Survivor Alliance. So it started with me, Dom, Desi, Shan, and Tasha. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, all right. And then Dom's like, but wait, let's carve out <laughs> all their peace <laughs> within that alliance. So then it was me, Dom, and Desi, right? So we wanted to do the whole Tasha and Shan thing, but then that kind of left because Tasha and Shan ended up going home pretty early. So we were the only three left of that initial alliance that we started on like day three. So we had been rocking together for that whole time. Every time one of us won or we thought we were going in or something, we would bounce ideas off each other, see if one person could go talk to their group. Maybe me and Dom could figure out a way to make sure that his name is not involved in the next uh, coming up elimination. And we did a lot of work and all three of us made it to the end. So whatever we were doing was good. And the only person that ended up going in to elimination was Dom, and that was early in the game. So, right. you know, after that, I think he made the right moves, and we made the right moves together to make sure that none of us were going to be going into the elimination, and we were all going to be making it to the final. Only thing I wish we could have done better was get Enzo out of the game. That's the only <laughs> thing we could have done. Yeah. Got Enzo out, and Desi would have had a fair shot at winning some money uh, in that final. Man, it, that was a shame. It was very <laughs> reminiscent of it. Was it Inferno Three, where Big Easy Gauntlet Three or Gauntlet Three with Big Easy, where they were trying to nobody wanted to go against him in the elimination, you know, because he's a bigger guy, and he ends up going to the final and costs him the final. And, you yeah. know, it was one of those scenes you should have should have got rid of him prior got to. Got to take that risk in the elimination. Blame it on David. Like David should have just <laughs> I got him out of there. <laughs> David shouldn't have tried to shoot that jump shot from about fifteen <laughs> oh. feet out. <laughs> Fatigue makes cowards of us all. I was told that a long time ago, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> lose their mind when they get that tired. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so me and you've had this conversation because I, as soon as we saw the, the elimination, I think the first thing I did after the episode was I DM'd you. I was like, do I feel like we got robbed of not seeing you in like a hall brawl or a pole wrestle or a balls in? But I think your answer to that was, was very well thought out. And once you said it, it was like, oh yeah, it makes complete sense. You know, which was, you've got nothing to prove in there. Like, where you've got everything to lose because someone's going to go in trying to say, I beat the the professional football player. Yeah. Where if you beat somebody, it's expected. And I never really thought, t- of, it like thought of it like that. I yeah. was like, you know, as a viewer, I want to see somebody get laid out like it's an NFL <laughs> game. But, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's a few parts of that, right? So, yeah, I made I played six years in the NFL, played football my entire life, made it. I made it out with no serious injuries, right? I'm okay. So now to then go risk that, in a game where the person that is on the other side of that hall probably has no idea how to hit the proper way. Mm-hmm. They probably, they yeah. may be a little scared. So then what happens if they go for my knees or my legs and I end up getting hurt in this challenge and I've never gotten hurt while I played in the NFL or, yeah. Oh, I crush you. And then I'm injured. And now I can't run in the final. Like these are all things that are going through my head. Like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I don't want to do it. I should win. But if something happens, and I don't. How am I going to go back home to all my uh, former NFL friends and be like, <laughs> so you know, man, I got ran over by by Joe, by by Joe, whatever, who yeah. never played football in his entire life, and he got the best of me in this hall brawl. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to not go into elimination and then just you know make my way to the final without with the least path of resistance. Yeah. I, I also think that at that point in the game, you were probably the only person that was going to beat Enzo in any of those physical eliminations. Yeah. Like the way you just body size yeah. and all of that. I mean, David put up a hell of an effort and, and maybe Dom could have done it too, but yeah. you know, it, Enzo seemed, uh, well, he was fucking dominant in that hall brawl, but you know, Leo didn't really have a chance at all. Yeah. He, was, he didn't, uh, well, we heard you yelling in the and talking in the background, like, dude, you got to get low, you got to get low. And then he runs just straight just up and straight down. Up. <laughs> but both of them ran straight up. That's yeah. Awesome. Like, I'm like, Leo, you got a shot, bro. Like, yeah. just run in there. You know, he's like, and then in his interviews, he's like, he didn't have enough like space to actually get low. And I'm like, you can get low in a phone booth. But right. like I said, when you have a guy who hasn't played that type of sport, then yeah, it might seem like an impossible task, but. When you've been doing that your entire life, it's like I could take two steps and 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 form a wall and make sure that you don't run through me just because that's something I've been doing my entire life. So, right. yeah, when you get two guys in there who don't know how to play, yeah, that's, that's the result that you get. They're told to start in a three point stance. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You start <laughs> off low, you never get up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got no choice of being low if you if you start in a three point stance. You yeah, can. you're not gonna get all the way up right and down to you're on the other side of that hall, anyways. Yeah. So um going through this, I mean, like I said, we didn't see a whole lot of the gameplay other than mm. really Tyson and Angela, you know, the money There's alliance. Yeah. And that was like a majority of it. And then sometimes, you know, the with Sarah and Tyson battle. Did you see the splits in the house? Did you see how the alliances were working? Was it fairly obvious for you the whole time to kind of know who was in what? Uh I mean, listen, I, the, the money alliance thing, listen, if it was a thing, it was a thing. It, it's not something that I saw. I thought it was, you know, people are winning. <laughs> so of course they want to keep their money. Um but I know I, that there was a thing where Tyson, uh, Sarah, and Ben, and it was Ben who was going around saying that, oh, hey, listen, we got to stick together because uh, we think that everybody else is going to come for the winners of Survivor, right? Mm-hmm. So 
initially I'm like, okay, well, those people are working together. And then the closer I got with Tyson, I'm like, nah, they, they're not working together. Yeah. We had already assumed that Big Brother had pregame before they got into the compound because it's, you know, they just did their season. They were all in the cookout yeah. and the yeah. leftovers and whatever they were. So it was like they, they already have this really strong bond. They're naturally going to play together. The only people who we had no idea about was Love Island because I don't think any of us had watched Love Island to know who was friends and who weren't. And then they were on like season three, season four, season one. They weren't even, a lot of them weren't even on the same season. So we just had no idea where that connection would be. And then as you start listening to Cash talk about Cinco, I'm like, oh, there's definitely a divide of like who's who's Cash's friends and then how many friends does Cinco have in here, which Cinco and Giovanni were cool. And then it was the rest of the Love Island girls who were not really working with them. So that was a divide that kind of became obvious, but you never really knew because of the algorithm. Like you could say you were in an alliance, but then all of a sudden you end up with somebody who's not in that alliance or somebody on that alliance and your decision-making process has to completely change. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it, it also probably didn't bode well for Cinco that all of the other guys from Love Island were out like right away too. So it was, you know what? I think, I think if Cinco doesn't end up with Ozzy and come in last on that challenge, I think he makes it much further in the game. I think he knew the game too. Yeah. I think his downfall was, you know, he ended up in last place uh, in that in that challenge, and then they went into an elimination where they just got outsmarted. Uh, yeah, you know, in their in their elimination. But if that doesn't happen, I think that's the only way Seiko ends up in elimination. One, all the girls want to work with him more yeah. than they want to work with probably David or Enzo at that time. So he's he's got a clear path to the end as long as he doesn't come in last. I was going to say, and I think outside of like you and Kayla, he's the only other one that came in as like a big time challenge fan, knowing the history of the game. And, you know, which as viewers was really nice for us to see, especially after the last season, which was what spies lies and allies where they had people that didn't even know who TJ was. And it was like, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, come on, man, you got to know who the host is. I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a really one of many tough questions. Cause I I know we want to start getting into this (laughs) final because this final was, was something else. Um, but first tough question, TJ or Jeff? As far as host, like, like who's cooler? Like who's a better host? Like who'd you rather go have a beer with? TJ, but TJ doesn't drink. So a coffee. Yeah. Go get Starbucks with it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. Go do karaoke. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think the fact that, you know, like Jeff is cool, right? Like nothing against Jeff. Yeah. Um, he is like really entrenched in the show, right? Yeah. yeah. How the show looks and, and 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 how people are reacting to it and how how it looks on TV and all stuff. And then TJ is not that interested in the show, right? No. So right. TJ, when we're all sitting there talking and we're doing our double takes and having to wait for the drone and stuff, he's talking to us, telling us stories, telling us about how he followed one of us on Instagram, but then he couldn't follow us again because fans were starting to say that that, that person was on the show, you know, making sure he gave <laughs> his phone number and come meet him in Las Vegas for a cup of coffee. And it was super genuine. And when yeah. you're in that situation, it's like, okay, all right, we, we, we all, we all won, right? He, he we're, we're, we're him. He, he understands who we are in, in the situation that we're going through. So you just gain a lot of respect for the guy, and I think that comes from his athletic background. You know, BMX yeah. and being around guys and being around people that look like him, talk like him, and have that same type of goal. He's like, listen, bro, I understand. It's hot as hell out here. I, my face is burning. I, let's, let me tell you guys a story, and then hopefully, but when I tell the story you know, the drone's gone. So right. TJ, super cool. Jeff, super into the show. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's something that we've seen a lot of is that, you know, with Jeff being an executive producer, let's say some of the things that are rumored to happen in the challenge final wouldn't have never happened in the survivor final because Jeff would have taken care of it right there and then. Right. And yeah. that's the assumption online. Um, and I guess I kind of want to dive into this final, um, you know, as far as with, you know, we think, I think I speak for the majority of us here where we think production kind of screwed up in the final. They made some poor decisions and they didn't think it all the way through. Yeah. I know it, there might be certain things that you can't say and we're completely okay with that. If you say yeah. something that you're not supposed to say, let us know. We'll remove it. We're not here to create drama or tea no, or anything no, like no. that. But I feel like a lot of the fan base is kind of curious on this, you know, from what they've seen from the edit. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think the people who got the, 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 the short end of the stick were the women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think on the men's side, I think it was okay. Yeah. I think that, yes, the production did make some mistakes. Some stuff was not correct. But I don't, what I, the message that I want to get across is it was incorrect for everyone. Right. It wasn't yeah. like pointed yeah. at one person and then it was like, oh, they're against me. They're trying to stop me from winning. Like, yeah, they messed up. And we all had to experience their mess ups, right? So I don't think anybody gained a competitive advantage based off something that production may have made a mistake on. It was yeah. a fair mistake across the board. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a mistake that they made, and it was unequally, <laughs> and it was for everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because one of the big decisions we had, and we talked about in our recap, um, was the fact that you know, with Enzo literally dropping in the water and quitting ten seconds later, from what we've heard, from what Desi's told us, like it was literally no time at all. That arguably outside, of, well, maybe even with Angela, the strongest woman one of the strongest women in the house was automatically off the board. And she's one of those that we all kind of picked going in saying she's the one that's going to compete against Angela and win this. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, and you know, it's triple D. So me, me and Desi and and Dom, we're we're like this the whole time. So I was super upset to see that happen. Um, But being a challenge guy who watches the challenge, this is a common thing. I just don't think that it has happened so quick. Yeah, yeah. Where people like we're up in arms, right? If this had happened on the second challenge, then everybody's like, "Oh man, you know, you watch Casey and, and Fessy do this, you watch Tech and Ayana do this." To where yeah. it's like, "All right, they're they're gone." This is a common thing. TJ actually made it known at the beginning uh, of of that final, um, right? So super unfortunate. I think the thing that that got everybody up in arms is, man, it was like three minutes into the final, and yeah. it wrecked somebody's chance of doing that. And the only thing I can say to that is. Man, that sucked for Desi. And Enzo should not do any more challenge shows because unless he fix, figures out his fear with water and not being able to swim. Right. This is the reason why Cash had to go home when I had the power. Because this is the fear that I had once I saw, I just saw in my face, in my, like, it kept playing in my mind. I'm swimming on the barrel, uh, barrel treasure challenge and Cash is getting dragged through the water by Tyson holding these pieces and they go by me and she's like looking up smiling. And I was like, if that's my partner, we ain't going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Drag you through that water. I'm good <laughs> enough to swim myself to shore. And I'm and like, you would hold me back. Right. And I think they tried to get Enzo out, um, thinking that David may be, may be good enough to do it, but it just, it just didn't work out. And that, and that's the unfortunate part of the game, right? If Enzo's out of the game, Desi's trip is totally different. She she probably makes it to the end and she's competing with Angela and Sarah and Justine and Kayla to see who who wins that money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, kind of a side question, a little bit easier. How hard was it to eat the onion and garlic? <laughs> How hard was it? I mean, yeah. That, I, that is my first eating challenge. Um, so, I, you know, I walk up to that, that onion, uh, onion and garlic and I'm like, all right, uh, when I do my crawfish boil, right, I throw an onion in there. Yeah. Put a lot of garlic in there with some seasoning. This ain't going to be nothing. This is not going to be nothing. I do this all the time. Right? Oh, wait, this is elephant garlic? Wait, okay, look, how am I going to get this down? So I do the, I put the first one in, chug, I just swallow it. I'm like, all right, I can do this. Do the second one, same thing, swallow it. When I get to the third one, it gets stuck. And oh, I think, shit. I, I, I think I'm sure I'll look at this point. I'm like, this thing's like not going to move. I'm not going to be able to eat anything else. Finally get it to go down. And then I cut the rest of them in half. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, chew it as much as I can and then drink it down. Well, then I finished the garlic, but then they've come and they've already taken the knife and the fork, right? Oh. So they only get, so the only option I have to eat this onion is now I got to bite into it, stick my fingers in there, tear it apart, and then kind of eat it layer by layer. And it yeah. was, it was the worst, right? You already have eaten all this garlic and you had to chew it. So it was all on your taste buds. They're already burning. Your nose is running. This onion is spicy. So now your taste buds are getting burned off some more and your body is like reacting crazy like you're getting the gas you're getting acid reflux and then it's my oh, back yeah. wait it's my neck like my <laughs> people are throwing up behind you uh it was it was bad definitely not the worst eating challenge that you've seen on uh, yeah. on, on the challenge but i do challenge anybody who says it was easy to go get you 10 cloves of elephant garlic not the not the little garlic elephant garlic and a huge white onion and sit down to see if you can get that down easily yeah, yeah. It, it ain't easy. And I think that's that's kind of a misconception <laughs> that some people have is that like, you know, just because it's a plain food that it makes it easy to eat. I mean, you know, one of the toughest challenges that no one would be able to accomplish is if you put two pineapples down and told the person to eat all the pineapple. Like at a certain point, you just can't do it. The acid and it's going to burn your mouth out. You're like, no, I can't do this anymore. Um, yeah. So I commend you guys for finishing it. Um you know, I also commend the fact that there wasn't a whole bunch of nasty ass puke shots like it usually there is. Was. It wasn't as Don't bad lie. as All Stars it Three. It was not as bad as All Stars Three. Yeah, uh, where Wes had it in his beard and uh, oh, yeah, that, uh, that was yeah. terrible. I, I, you know what? Because we had so many beacons on the cast, I thought they were going to get us with those ghost peppers. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, I, I'm glad that I'm glad if they say <laughs> they let us off easy, I'm, I'm super glad they let us off let us off easy. Hopefully, we have more vegans on the next challenge. <laughs> 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 I don't know parts, no none of that. Give me another vegetable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that. That's awesome. So, um, during the overnight challenge, that's that's where a lot of this controversy is coming from, and you yeah. know, it's obviously. That's that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, like I get it, Angela, Angela should have known that you can't just take a nap in the middle of a final. That's never going to fly. If you've ever seen one of these, it's just never going to work. So, I mean, I just feel like from what I've seen as a viewer, that it wasn't explained properly what exactly was going to be done or what needed to be done. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's go back to the start of that. Okay. Two mandatory parts of every, every final Mm -hmm. eating overnight. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've never seen anybody time out of eating. (laughs) I've never seen anybody time out of overnight. If you can't, if you don't do those and put that work in, then your challenge is usually over. Yep. Puzzles I've seen people be able to time out on based on if it's a like a point system or if they just take that time penalty and it adds 30 minutes. I've seen that happen. The thing about Angela's is, and I always have to say this, like I love Angela. Angela helped me through the final because I twisted my ankle 
Uh, they didn't have a doctor there to wrap it. I didn't think I was going to be able to complete it. And she wrapped my ankle for me. Um, and oh. she allowed me to be able to then do the overnight challenge. So this is not speaking anything bad about Angela. I think she, it was a miscalculation and her not being into the challenge like I am. Mm-hmm. It was hard for her to understand totally. that that wasn't going to fly. But yeah. the rule says you have to move the dirt from the pole to the pit, reveal the code, and then remember, you have to memorize that code, move the dirt back from the pit to the pole, climb up this dirt to get this black bag, which we then find out has the Sudoku pieces in it. Mm-hmm. On the board, it says you cannot move on without this black bag. I I, I do feel like that is pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that is probably as clear as it's going to get. Now, when she decided to, uh, you know, pack it in, I remember seeing, because her station was next to mine, production talking to her for a good five minutes. My thing is, I, what are they saying to her at that time? If they're yeah. not saying, hey, if you do, if you if you quit, then you're not going to be able to make it. They have to be saying, are you sure you want to do this? Are you yeah. sure that you don't want to complete this part of it? Are you sure? Or like, this is a five minute conversation. So then when she goes in the tent, they also come and interview each one of us individually. What do you think about Angela's decision? Do you think this is going to come back to Hunter? You think this is going to bite her? What do you think is going to be the outcome of this decision? How do you think this is going to fly? I'm like, she shouldn't be asleep. <laughs> she got to get up <laughs> yeah. because the main goal of the overnight portion is to tire you out for the next day. So you have to do the work, right? Yeah. Um, and then when we finish the, ch- so I think a lot of people are saying that Tyson said that we were able to then time out of the digging and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say partly true. What they did was Sarah and Dom completed the, the task. They got all their dirt from the pole and then to the pit, to the pit, back to the pole. They finished. From what I got from Dom is then production realizes that it's raining. We're pretty much digging cement. So it's almost going to be impossible for us to finish this before the sun comes up. So they asked Dom and Sarah, are they okay with us stopping where you only have to get enough dirt to reach the lot to then get your bag, your your puzzle pieces? They say, okay. Tyson and them are ahead of me and Justine at this point. I'm asleep. Justine comes to wake me up and says, hey, they said this is all we need to do. So we have to dig a little bit more dirt so we can get up there and reach our pieces. Right. So. It wasn't a timeout. They just said, hey, you don't have to waste all that extra time of clearing every piece of dirt out of the pit. But you still do still have to get enough dirt to reach your puzzle pieces because those are what you need to finish the Sudoku puzzle. Um, so then timeout, they didn't make us do the entirety of of the challenge of getting that stuff back. But you still had to do what the challenge you saw that move the dirt, reveal the code, put the dirt back enough right. for you to climb up that thing and undo the lock. How I knew Angela messed up was. When I came out, I was I had my gloves on. It's cold outside, and I'm trying. It's like it's the lock where they have like the little numbers where you have to kind of roll it to whatever. And I can't get it, and I'm trying. And Justine is out there with me. I'm like, bro, I'm like I'm gonna be here for another hour. My hands are frozen. I can't do it. I look to production. I'm oh, like, hey man, yeah, yeah everybody's yeah. <laughs> like I'm obviously about to be in third place. Whatever. He looks at me. He's like. You need to finish this. I was like, he's like, you need to finish. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> it's out here until I find a way to get this thing open. And I get it open. I take my bag inside. And then, you know, we wake up the next morning, you find out that Angela is then eliminated. But 
Do I think it was clear that you couldn't move on to the next part without this black bag? I think it was very clear. Right. I okay. think that her being strategic, it was just a, a bad move on her part. But yeah, you can't have all these people working eight hours, you know what I'm saying, through the night and then... <laughs> yeah and that's what i like me and her had the conversation i go i think she would have been smarter and said i'm gonna go in here for an hour take a nap come back work for another two three hours you know something like that at least show the progress right instead of just saying i'm gonna i'm gonna go to sleep save my energy or 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 whoever you're trying to then catch up to right so if you're trying to catch up to sarah who's probably going to be in the lead hey every time sarah goes to take a nap go take a nap yeah when she gets up you come back and you do the wheelbarrow Right. right. And then whatever happens at the end happens. But I don't think they're going to then DQ you because you weren't able to finish that part of it. You put the work in. You just went up. Yeah. Like, but the fact that she went to sleep because TJ specifically says it, you didn't even try. Right. I think that was the only issue with that part. Yeah. All right. So a little bit lighter of a question. Which was tougher, eating the onion and garlic or dealing with the effects of it in that tent? the tent wasn't that bad man because we were so tired and we all smelled at that moment and just like on survivor like when you you're outside for 13 days and you're as a group you don't smell the stink on you (laughs) yeah you think think it's normal so we're in that tent it was like we were so tired none of that stuff bothered us like but i do know that all added on to us working through through the night working all day sweating um also having the onions and garlic the field that we were uh, pushing the wheelbarrow through was, mm-hmm. I assume, was like a field where like horses go to graze or whatever they do. And it's nothing but horse manure out there. So the entire uh, night we're pushing, we're pushing and walking through horse manure, which then we track into the tent as well. So uh, we add that smell in there. And yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm sure it was pretty rancid. It was, <laughs> it wasn't a good smell. TJ's reaction yeah, was that was gold say, though. TJ's reaction. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it was it was I'm sure it was bad. Well you guys <laughs> oh you guys god. were short a couple of sleeping bags too, weren't you? Like, I was listening to Dom Dom has done um the Purple Pants podcast and then he also did Challenge Mania. And he said that there were because of the fact that you were mostly gonna be switching out throughout the night, they didn't have as many sleeping bags as they had bodies. Yeah, me and Dom did not get a sleeping bag. Oh. <laughs> I slept right when you walk in the door. I just laid down there and I like had my arms here so my face won't be in the tent because there's so much water in the tent because people have been walking through it and opening it while it was raining. And I'm laying right here and Dom is laying right next to me while everybody, well, a lot of people are in the back of the tent, you know, wrapped up in their in they blankets and stuff. Uh, having a good time. I'm like, just, just give me like 30 minutes of sleep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> out. Wow. I, see, that's why that's I always crazy. think being a dad has an advantage in the overnights. Like you're already used to being sleep deprived <laughs> at one point in your life. Like you can handle it. Like thirty minutes, give me thirty minutes, I'm good. That's all I need. <laughs> um, a little power nap. <laughs> going through that right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 you are. I've got a. I've got a. I guess she's almost two months now, but we're. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of like sleep when you can, and other than that, just try to put one foot in front of the other. You're in it for the long haul, man. Like Zoe just turned two, so uh, no. it ain't stopped yet. <laughs> Sleep with <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I've got yeah. one who turns two in December, and then Aubrey was just born in August. Oh man, yeah, y'all brave. We 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 <laughs> wanted done. we wanted done. We got to get our Bra- <laughs> brave is a word for it. So stupid, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got two kids out of the deal, so it's all good. Oh, just so you, 
you know, I, I want to cut you. I got like 10 minutes. I got a podcast about Survivor tonight, too. So I got to watch the episode live. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like 10, 15 minutes. So then I'm going to just get some of the obligatory questions yeah. that I want that I always ask. But if anybody else had a question about this final they wanted to get into that we didn't cover, um, I did want to say it makes a lot more sense now seeing the way your pace was that second day compared to the first day, knowing that you rolled your ankle. Because it did look like you were in obviously everybody's going to be in pain on the second day of a final, but it looked like you were in above level pain the way you were trying to get up that hill. Yeah. Well, well, two things. Um, so I was trying to pace with Tyson at the beginning of the challenge and he's a little bit in front of me. He takes a left turn. I take a right turn and we continue to go up and his path continues to go and mine stops. <laughs> so when oh. I have to come back down, Dom passes me up, Sarah and them catch me. So now I'm behind. I got this roll ankle and they also did not have the correct shoes for me. So when you see like people jogging and walking up the thing, I had on Under Armour tennis shoes. So oh. my is super trash the entire the entire time I had the roll ankle. I wouldn't have been that close to Tyson, but I would have been a lot closer to him than than I was uh, if all that stuff hadn't happened. Now, my fault for going the wrong way, but their fault for not giving me the right shoes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, last question I have about the final is how long did it take you to solve that Sudoku puzzle? Uh, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, so you said yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe about 10 minutes. Um, the, the difficult part about doing it up there was, so you dump the pieces out, I have my gloves on, and there's ice on the Sudoku board, and we're using mm. magnets. So right. the, the pieces aren't sticking the entire time. So also, in my freeze brain, I put the six, so they, the difference between the sixes and the nines, you know, where the line is underneath the six, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not paying attention to it, and I'm just turning it the other way and then using it as the nine. <laughs> six. So then I have to go through and remove all the sixes and put the correct pieces oh, uh, where they are. And the board's, oh. like, blowing all over the place. I end up missing a piece. Couldn't find it. I had to convince them. I'm like, I'm only missing a one. Like, it wasn't in there. They had me digging through the snow. I couldn't find the piece. And then they, you know, they finally give me a one and I finish it and I take off. So right. 10 minutes wow. with all, all that extra stuff going on. Man, that's that's crazy. That's nuts. Wow. We made it. <laughs> yeah, it, man. Yeah. And we want to congratulate you. I, I mean, look, I know there's there's a lot of backlash on the women's winner because of the way everything went down. But there's no backlash really on you. I yeah. mean, because you went out and like you said, you won that. There was yeah. no. You know, you won by default. No, you went out there and won that. And I want, you know. I want to come to Sarah's defense on one thing because this timeout thing to me, I don't understand. Well, I can understand it if you're a viewer, kinda, but not really, just mm-hmm. because Angela and Don were able to time out on the first puzzle, mm-hmm. but they all, they were only able to time out after everybody had completed the puzzle, right? right? So everybody was putting in the work. Don and Angela's putting in the work. Everybody completes it. So then they can't time out and then go beat somebody, right? Because the next person is there. So they were able to time out and take last. And then Justine, same thing, right? When she forgets her decoder at the top of the uh, mountain, yeah. she didn't have her numbers wrong. <laughs> she forgot the decoder. Now, she still went up the mountain, came back down the mountain, and everybody else had finished the puzzle. So she, yeah. didn't, she couldn't catch anybody, right? Yeah. So they let her finish. Sarah is sitting at the honeycomb, the tangram puzzle. And if you, when you watch it, because I went back and watched it again, because I'm like, why is everybody going crazy <laughs> about them saying that she was able to time out? Because everybody's able to time out. Well, the only, way, the only reason she was able to time out 
is because everybody else had quit. Yeah. Yes. So they show everybody quitting. And then they go back to Sarah and show that they didn't blow the horn until everybody else quit. So then she can't catch anybody because yeah. everybody yeah. has technically finished the race. Which yep. is the same thing with Tyson yes. and Dom. They would have been able to time out after I finish. So if they would have stayed there until I finished and, and grabbed the pole, then they would have been able, you know, to move on. Maybe Tyson first and then Dom, which is why I keep saying Tyson, he said it himself. He dropped out because he knew he was playing for 15K. If Dom was the person who passed him up and went and, and hit the pole first, he's going to keep on going because he can still beat Dom based on his points. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah exactly. You could time out, but you can only time out when it's not possible for you to catch the next person. Sarah exactly. would have never been able to time out until everybody else had finished going to the top of that mountain. Exactly. No, it makes yeah, absolute she, sense. People were talking about, too, like that she didn't finish the Sudoku, but I went back and watched it. Because it's like she like, yeah, like Mm -hmm, I went back and I watched it and I was like, she put a seven slightly above everything else. And when they show the complete because they're like, well, they showed her working on it. And then they showed the complete puzzles again. They showed the seven in the exact same spot that she put it with the rest of her completed puzzle. (laughs) Showed the whole puzzle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like at that point, you're looking for something to be wrong. I'll say you don't know this person to be a liar throughout the whole show. Yeah. You haven't seen her tell a lie or editing say that she lied about anything. Right. Yeah. But then you have to say that oh well they wanted a woman to win so they needed to oh she completed her puzzle they showed it yeah. they let her time out because everybody else quit like all it all makes sense to me totally exactly. oh yeah I mean it, they do it every year though every season yeah. when somebody's favorite doesn't win there's got to be a conspiracy there's, theory on yeah. why they didn't win or exactly. why production wants this and it's like no that's not that's not how that works yeah but, exactly I'm sure they, I'm sure they would have loved to see Angela and Tyson win that thing. Right. But they let it play out and it played out the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is like from a production point of view, the way they the way they edited the season, they wanted Tyson and Angela to win it. They yep. basically made them the faces of this season with as much airtime as they got. Yeah. You yep. know, so it, it would have made no sense. But at the end of the day, you know, I think you went out there and you absolutely killed it. You never had your name mentioned to go into elimination. Yeah. Um, you were always within almost every time the top three in the daily challenges. And then on top of that, I think you didn't finish any worse than last or a third in the, the overnight portion. Everything else, you were either the first or second person mm-hmm. to finish. So, I mean, you really had a dominant season. And I think, you know, you got to have a, a tip the hat to that. You know, yeah. it was a, a very sure. dominant season for a rookie year. Absolutely. Um, for so, any year. Yeah. Really, absolutely really, yeah. no. <laughs> but for it to be your rookie year and to have that kind of dominant season and never have your name tossed down there, it's super impressive. Absolutely. Super impressive. Yeah. Um, all right. So obligatory questions. Who's your challenge, Mount Rushmore, since we know you're a fan? Uh, is this men and women or just are we, are we separated? We'll we'll separate it. It's hard okay. to compare CT and, and Evelyn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, well, of course, CT bananas. Um, listen, not as many wins, but the dude Jordan is an unreal competitor. Yeah, unreal. absolutely. So I got Jordan on there, and I'm, I'm gonna go with my guy Darrell. You know, his last his last showing wasn't 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 that good <laughs> on All Stars. <laughs> But if I'm looking at his historical performances, then I'm going to put Darrell in there as well. I love it. That Paul Russell against Zach is top oh, notch. So good. Top yes. notch. So good. All right. So for the women. Uh, I got to go Cara. I got to go Emily. Ooh, I got to yeah. go Laurel. Um, 
I don't want to short anybody. Like the most recent person I'm thinking about, I'm not putting Casey in there. She's, you know, she, I don't dislike her, but <laughs> she, you know, she, it, it ain't there. Um, you know, Ashley does her thing, man. I'm not gonna hate on. There Ashley. you go. I'm I like not it. Hate on Ashley, man. Ashley, like Ashley does her thing. She's always competitive. She finishes the final. She pulled a boss move on Hunter, which yeah. I hated at the moment, but you know, her bank account loved it. So shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, All that's right, great. I love um, it. You, uh, you're getting ready to run a final. You have to, I know we're running short on time, so we're going to run through this real quick. You're getting ready to run a final and you have to pick one other guy and two women to run that final. And you get to choose between anybody in history of the challenge. Are they on my team? Yeah, or, they're on your team. You know, you're competing together against okay. another team. Sorry. All right. Um, I'm probably picking CT, mm. uh, to run with. Um, and then the two women, uh, I would probably pick Cara and Emily. Yeah. Car first female winner of the individual. I mean, yeah. What what can you say? And I, it, the Emily and Laurel thing for me is always a toss up, but I don't pick Emily this time. I feel like okay. Emily is uh, the equivalent on the women's side to Jordan. Yeah, that's that's sure. how I kind of view it. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. All right. So, um, is do you guys have any other roundout questions, or Karina? I'll let no. you ask your favorite question. I have a fan question. Oh yeah. So I posted that I was going to be chatting with you tonight. And one of my friends messaged me immediately. She's like, I need to know if you would ever come back and play survivor. If Jeff finally lets returning players come back, but also the theme, I'm going to add the subcategory of a theme. Do you want to do like heroes versus villains? Or do you want to do like a, a blood versus water season? Anything like that? If <laughs> you like, go back. Nope. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm not playing any game where they can take a win away from me like that with yep. yeah. just snapping a finger just because it's something they want to put in the game. Like, yeah. can't do it. Can't do it. I love Survivor. I'm going to watch season 43. I'm going to watch 44, 45, all that stuff. I still love the show. Not for me to compete on, though. Right, right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Same question with challenge. Would you, uh, I, I mean, obviously with being the winner, you're going to come back for the winners of war or, or whatever they're going to end up calling this. Um, but would you do the flagship or another season if they asked you? I think the flagship is a little longer. I think it's 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, yeah. you, you know, y'all have kids, so y'all understand, well, you know, that, that, that's a long time to be away from the kid. Yeah. Maybe if it was shortened down a little bit, uh, I'd definitely be open to it. If the time worked out, timing worked out for me, then yeah. But, you know, I'm about to be away from the kid twice in a year at this right. point uh, yeah. with, doing, uh, with doing doing the next one uh, whenever they come out with the schedule. So, yeah, I'm, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But would I love to compete against some of those people? Yeah. Fair, in, in a fair game where there's enough rookies to then go against the vets. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I'm telling you, we need to see like a, a the CBS and MTV pairing on a season. <laughs> like you get paired with like a veteran like Laurel yes. or something and then CT gets paired with Sarah's, I, you know, something like that. That would be an ideal season. That yes. way the rookies oh, are isolated. You know what that's I mean? A, now that's a good one. That's a good, I think we need one more CBS season. Okay. Yeah. We get to that so we can figure out, you know, we can get a, figure out the, the real competitors to, to be agree. on that show who really wants to do it and who can't do it. And then I think that'll be might be season forty idea right there. You're right. I, I mean, I'm gonna start pitching it. I don't know if they're gonna listen though. You might be a season forty idea. I mean, listen, that that, that might be the only reason that they're coming up with all these shows now on all these different networks. So that's what we've been saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a re, it's gonna saying. be like a repeat of the '70s show, except without NBC. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> the only question I have is, uh, 
Can Can Demarcus really throw seventy yards from his knees? Oh, absolutely! I saw it. I saw it. I, I've never seen somebody Jamarcus Russell. I haven't. I've never seen somebody be able to throw the ball like that in my in my entire life. Haven't seen it. This dude had unreal arm talent. I've seen him. Like he's telling the kid to run, run, run. The kid's like 80 yards down the field. Run, 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 run. He lets it go all the way to the opposite end zone. Unreal. True stories. Damn. Jeez, that's insane. Um, so I'm going to let you go with one final thing. Everything said and done, step away from the Dallas Cowboys, step away from reality TV. What do you want Danny McRae's legacy to be? Uh, man, just the ultimate competitor, um, and, 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 and kind of being more strategic than, than, than people give you credit for. Um, I'm the ultimate competitor, but I do understand in these challenges that it may behoove you not to win them all or try to win them all. If you want to then win the big prize, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping your mind on the big goal. So just being one of those, one of those guys who would compete, but then not let that get in the way of the ultimate goal. I love it. I love, love it. that. Thinking in full circle. Yeah. Danny, we want to thank you so much for your time. We know we yeah. kept you a little bit longer than you, than you <laughs> really wanted yeah, to stay yeah. on. Um, we absolutely enjoy this. Um, we are absolutely looking forward to seeing you on future seasons and hopefully yeah. having you back on. Um, tell Kiki we yes. are sad we didn't get a meter this time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's, up, she's Rainbow right now with the little one watching Coco. <laughs> oh, nice. God. <laughs> if you get a chance, check out Doggy Land. It's, it's on YouTube. Check, check out Doggy Land? Yeah, yeah. Snoop did. Oh, a Coco Melon ripoff. It, okay. not, it ain't a Coco Melon ripoff, rip but it's the same thing. It's like Coco Melon, but by yeah. Snoop Dogg. Well, we got Shark Dog too. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, we got that and Bluey all the time. I know Tony knows yeah. all about that. Yeah. Bluey's gone all the time at our house. Yeah, yeah. we got Bluey. Mom. <laughs> uh, right. All right, Danny. Thank you so thank much. You. We look forward to seeing you in the future and uh, best of luck on everything in the future, yeah. man. All right. Thank you all. All right. All right have a good one. Have a good night. That, felt, that was like the quickest two hours I think I've ever had with uh, a guest yeah. on here. Like, it didn't feel like two hours. It didn't feel like two hours at all. And then he was like, oh, I have to, like, go. Like, I still have, like, a bunch of questions. We have, like, a bunch of fan questions that were submitted on IG. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I got 10 minutes and then I have to go to do this Survivor Live podcast. I was like, oh, shit, we're not getting to all of this today. Like, that went so fast. That was crazy. The nice thing is, is he's awesome. We're guaranteed another season with Danny, so it's just another excuse to True. have him on, other than just to shoot the shit with him. True. Um, exactly. Although it's we, I don't know. I'm thinking it's just like fan rumor and stuff. But I saw something that said that, um, that Danny might not be doing the like the global competition thing, like he was going to turn it down or something like that. And I'm like. Why why do people just make shit up? Because I did not get that vibe from him at all, like talking no. to him about the global on, competition. Uh, on Mania, Dom was asked if they were contact if anyone was contacted about um like the world champions or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, I can neither confirm nor deny that any of us were contacted, and I can also neither confirm nor deny whether we said yes or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the only reason I, I I assume it's you know locked in stone is because we heard TJ's voiceover for every episode. You <laughs> exactly. know, so I'm just I'm assuming that's you know might as well be sealed in blood at this point. Yeah. Um, well, and you would think like with them having it planned out the way that they have, where it's like, oh, we're going to do USA and then Australia and then UK exactly, and Argentina yeah. and all this and whatever, that it would be like part of the contract, right? For like yeah. coming on Challenge USA, it'd be like if you win. 
you you're are like contract you're like obligated yeah. to go to this second one as well blah 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 so i'm i'm just gonna say right now if i am ever on a reality tv show with dom i am getting into his three-person alliance because yeah. dom on survivor had mm-hmm. a tight three they were the final three it was the first time that they had ever tied and the third person had to make the deciding vote yeah and then dom once again was in a tight alliance of three and all three of them made the final yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and i mean he's a smart ass dude yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad i took him from you on the fantasy draft <laughs> i still i was hoping that we like obviously we're going to talk to him like uh down the line but one of the things we have to point out is the fact that during that fantasy draft you said to me is dominie good and there is a beat where i didn't say anything it's like no no shit. he, he like, sucks cool I'm, I'm taking, taking him. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have lied the other way and been like, dude, he's phenomenal. I'd be like, uh, I'm going to pass. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, uh, I dude, I don't have enough to say about Danny. He's a cool guy. I love if you him. get the yeah. chance to, to talk to him or listen to him, uh, he's got some really good insight. Gr- fucking top-notch guy. And then, you know, you can never f- forget about his wife, Kiki. I'm, I I'm, love Kiki so much. Oh, I, my gosh. I, I wish we would have had enough time to try to bring her on. but I know. I really wanted to bring her on. It was so funny, too, because she submitted, like, this cute, like, little question thing to the IG um, when I had that up on the IG earlier. And so, like, I, I wanted to bring that up. And then, like, I looked down when he said we had 10 minutes left. And I was like, oh, crap. It's, like, almost 5 o'clock here. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we got a rapid fire. Whoops. <laughs> um, but, no, I love Danny. He was so much fun. And he, like totally. you said, he had, he had really good, like, ideas and thoughts. And just, you know, the way he thinks everything out. It was just, it was awesome to kind of get to see everything from his point of view. He's also the first person we've talked to who's done, like, you know, obviously who's done Survivor, but he's also the first person I've ever heard that's done Survivor and it was like, nope, I won't do it again unless you Never again? This. I've never heard yeah. anybody say Usually that. Usually people are like, oh, yeah, I would do it again, you know yeah. what I mean? Or I'd think about it. Yeah. I totally understand why. And when you watch 41, you will absolutely um It was absolutely not get cool. It. I was, yeah, it was not cool. Um not cool when it happened. Not cool on the rewatch. Still wasn't a fan of it in 42. There's a reason it's not in 43. Yeah. yeah. I, and I got the gist of it to a degree. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, I was going to ask. I watched 41. I'm not sure what y'all are referencing. The, the hourglass. Um, oh, yeah. Where Erica, Erica breaks that. Yeah, yeah, she breaks the hourglass and turn, and changes Roxroy. history. Yeah. Yeah, but it, the Roxroy one, I mean... I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like such a non-factor in 42, but that... that 41, might, it's a huge factor. That like, might it, be it, it literally yeah. shifts the entire game. Like, yeah. I yeah. just watched it today. Yeah, because she was, she was going home. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, like, she was, she was the bottom of that, like, quote-unquote alliance, but also, like, that tribe at that point. Yeah. She was a threat, and she was going home. There, it was between her and Nasir. They were both, um, they both drew the gray rocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... The one team won. They decided who was coming with them for the merge feast. They decided who was going to the island by herself, by themselves. And it was Erica. And when you lay it out like that, the person who is sent to the island is always going to be the person who is the least a part of that group. Right. So they're already perceived to be on the bottom. So the mechanic is basically built so that the person breaks the hourglass. Right. But Jeff very explicitly said that 
you win immunity, you will be safe at the next tribal council exactly. that, um, in that challenge. So the whole like turn back time doesn't mean Jack. Like it was untrue. It was a lie um, in regards to them being safe because it was then stripped from them. Right. It wasn't that you may be safe at the next tribal council. It was you are safe at the next tribal council. Right. So they exactly. walk into the challenge. The other group is expecting to um, compete. And then all of a sudden you're no longer safe. You're competing in this when you're not in the mindset or anything else. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah it was, it was really messed up. I don't like the hourglass thing either. And so I don't blame Danny for that at all. No. <laughs> Plus like, I, I can't remember. I can't remember where we saw this um, or if it was maybe in the exit interviews. I'm not sure, but I remember it's in here. It's locked in my head. I just don't know where it came from. But I also remember another conversation where, um, you know, it, it, it was being talked about, about going back to Survivor or versus potentially going back to the challenge. And, you know, he had brought up that, like when you're on Survivor or when you're on the challenge, like even though it's only like 10 minutes, you still get like two phone calls home every week where you can like do video and see your family and see your kid and talk to your family and make sure everything's good. But on Survivor, you don't get that. Like you're lucky if you get to participate in like the letter from the family member from home and the family visit thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and they with, didn't even. with Yeah. With 41 and 42, they didn't have it. They had like the. Exactly. Like the recorded video sort of thing that was projected on the, the right the yeah. boats and stuff yeah. interesting though 41 had that too it was the pizza reward that ricard got yeah. with um shan and heather and xander but they just didn't show that the, like it yeah. happened it took place they just they didn't show the, it like they had the projected videos from their families and then it just wasn't shown um which was wow. super weird because everybody looks forward to like the family visit and everything else yeah but to your point like with the challenge, you absolutely get those phone calls with season 41 of Survivor. Ricard's husband was was pregnant and like what they were their baby was supposed to be arriving like a week after oh, wow. production would have finished. Right. So at no at any point during the game, Ricard said that like he could have a baby. Right. That he doesn't know has been born yet. Right, exactly. Yeah. See, and that's that's crazy. Like and so yeah. I totally get the the appeal of doing something like the challenge versus doing something like Survivor or even Big Brother cuz Big Brother's the same. You don't you don't get to call home. You don't get, you know, you get a letter from home if you end up winning HOH, but like that's it. Otherwise there is yeah. no contact with your family. So I do see the appeal in that, um, you know, doing like a, another challenge competition versus doing like a survivor type thing, um, you know, and and going back to the hourglass thing, I, I you can't blame him for that because it, it really did. It was. It ended up changing like how that entire tribal was going to go, you know what I mean, because it, it, it flipped everything and put all the people that had been on top up to that point in the bottom and that made it Danny's first you know, um, tribal and just like all this crazy stuff. So it's like, you know, getting that win taken away like that, I, I can understand where he's coming from and why he would be so upset. Well, I mean, in the simplest terms, the person who broke the hourglass and got immunity mm -hmm. ended up winning, yeah. winning the whole show. You know what I mean? So it's like they would it have completely 
yeah, it completely changed the entire course of not just that. And that's the thing, not just that tribal, but the entire game, because it suddenly put people that were on top. It put them, it flipped them to the bottom and put the people on the bottom on the top. And that just kind of rode out a little bit further than I think people really thought it would. And, you know, it worked out for Erica and it worked out for quite a few other people. But, you know, other other competitors who had been performing really well up to that point, they got screwed in that. So and there's no faulting Erica either because she played within the confines of the game. Yeah, that falls Canadian winner. So that definitely 100 percent falls on production. And yeah, no, it definitely falls on production. And hearing Danny talk about how how upset that he was about the situation and that Jeff wanted to talk to him directly and that they sat and they talked for you know however long whatever um you know shows that even production knew that it was it was them and that they were taking a risk by doing something like this and then they did it two seasons in a row they got negative feedback from the cast and from the fans like there was so much backlash from the fans on this hourglass thing like so it i'm glad that they don't have it in 43 and that they have no plans of using it moving forward and Story God. I was gonna say the backlash was equivalent to the spy theme in the challenge. It's However, true. I oh sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say the the reason that so they wouldn't have got fan feedback until after forty two. Right. Sorry, until after forty two because they filmed it so back to back forty one yep. forty two that they actually crossed paths on like at Ponderosa. That's where funny. they like walked across the the yard where one group was leaving and one group was coming in and like they That's obviously weren't allowed funny. to talk to each other or anything but they right. filmed it back like very much back to back um and it's funny because i watched i obviously i watched it today so i watched the neck like the next season on and everybody was complaining because tori was shown finding an advantage and reading the um like the potato line or whatever so we knew that she was safe until that point Mm-hmm. But it's Marianne's voice. And of course, we wouldn't know that because it's season 42 and we didn't know who anyone was or what anyone sounded like. Uh... But Tori's not reading it out loud. It's a voiceover, but it's actually Marianne's voice of that potato line, not That's Tori at funny. all. That's, That's weird. Funny. Oh, shit. That's crazy. It, it was interesting because, like, I think a lot of uh, the more physical and athletic competitors on Survivor and the challenge don't get marked as like highly strategic or mm-hmm. highly intelligent about the gameplay itself. Right. Right. But I think Danny really kind of breaks that mold because his breakdown of his game plan going yes. into survivor as well as in yep. the challenge is spot on to how you win those games from yep. everything that I've yep. seen. I mean, like obviously I've, I've only seen a few seasons of survivor, but the ones that I've seen, the top guys in the beginning rarely make it to the very end. Yep. Rarely, unless yep. you're it's, a season of nothing but top people like winners at war or something like that. And the same thing with the challenge, like CT wins these challenges by making no waves all season until he absolutely has to. And then he goes into the final and wins it. And that's all there is to it. Yep. Exactly. Um, I, I do want to give credit really quick though, because I find it interesting. And I was going to say this earlier when you were talking about the spy fame thing, but it's funny to me that, like we the fans have been bitching about this spy theme and all these explosions and all this stuff and all this crazy shit that they're trying to do for so long. And 
it's like it's like we're just like an annoying little fly in the room to like Bunim and Murray and MTV and all them, right? They don't give a fuck what we think or what we have to say or what we like or what we don't like. But the minute Survivor got wind that the fans fucking hated this hourglass thing, like they tossed that shit right out the right out the door. They're like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. We're done with this. And so I just want to credit that that like. That it just shows that Survivor like really does care about its fan base and what its fan base thinks of the of the show and the progression of the show. And so I just wanted to kind of like point that out because I do appreciate that. And I wish that challenge producers would do the same thing. Like we're the ones who watch your show and keep your show like going essentially. So, you know, I'm not saying to like take every like suggestion or listen to everything the fans say. But when there's such a huge backlash like that, I think it says a lot about how much the show and the network cares about its audience when they take that into account moving forward. Well, I think the challenge does as well. I just think the challenge is in a situation where they plan out seasons three at a time. And that's so true. by the time they've gotten the backlash, they've already done all the legwork for the next season or two seasons. And I think that's why we're not seeing the spy or explosion theme this season oh we'll see because there's there's rumor that there is a lot of spy and explosion focused things in this season and i'm like dear god i hope this is just a well, rumor <laughs> like according I hope it's all spies i hope everything <laughs> about it is spies well according to what the showrunner said or the, you know the the producer the, it's not justin booth this time i think it's uh so, no it's the one that uh jordan mentioned for 35 when he hurt his shoulder it's like emma or em emmer emmer Emmer, yeah i think so emmer i heard her in an interview i forget who it was with might have been emmer i'm not sure how to say her name but i'm pretty sure kira kyra it's the same thing yeah it was on i'm pretty sure it was on the official podcast but it was relatively recent and she said you know we are stepping away from the spy theme and all of that this season going back to more of a rooted in the golden age of the challenge you know the the rivals and mm-hmm. battle of the X's kind of is what and rider the, dies who've just met for the first time in challenge history you get to pick your partner uh, outside of bloodlines we're just yeah. gonna forget about look, bloodlines look yeah. I'm gonna be honest the, the challenge Double doesn't know it's on history it be- doesn't because everybody here has ran a final except for Naya <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I mean qualified for a final <laughs> yeah when they made the loophole like God. she made but she didn't Teresa had to win that elimination never mind yeah no, there's an there is an interesting um I think it, I think it was Dom when Dom was on mania I think they were talking about it was technically he is a survivor winner because like he they tied for first place it wasn't until they had to put in the tiebreaker of mm-hmm. Laurel mm-hmm. making that last vote. So they were like, so technically you could have been on Winners at War because they were, they were kind of asking like if that final vote goes differently and he ends up on Winners at War rather than Wendell, how does it go down? And I think it was Scott who had said like technically, I mean, right. you did yeah. win because you tied and that means you both got first place however brief a moment that was before they they brought in the tiebreaker right that's almost but that's almost the same as saying yeah hunter got first place but really he was second place (laughs) on the first place team you know what i mean like he was first place when they crossed the finish line he was not first place when it came to money when it came down to the money title yeah yeah so but uh 
you know, I know we're getting way off so- subject. Way of, off subject. But at the end of the day, I, yeah, who would have guessed it? There were a lot of people that I would have liked to see on the flagship. But if I were to campaign for one person that I think could really make a difference in the flagship, it would be Danny. Oh, 100%. On the men's side. Like, I think, yeah, Tyson would probably be good and he'd probably do well. But I think Danny is the real the real threat to any of those guys in the house. 100%. Especially now that he's ran a final and he's got that experience under his belt. So he knows how to train even more so for yeah. it. He's gonna be a tough guy to beat in this this next iteration of it. I agree. It was it was nice to see to hear Derek as well, um, kind of give credit where credit is due for the final, and that it wasn't like everybody says it's the easiest final and blah blah blah. But like, that's not the case for anybody who's been to a final and yeah. ran a final in cold. Yeah. Like, and if you don't know how, like, if you don't know, like, when you get up to that altitude and you get into that cold, then Puzzles suck. Yeah. To me, it was a harder final than All Stars three. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing. Final it it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Final reckoning. Even exactly. Vendettas. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no discredit to the people that won those seasons no, by any means. Absolutely. Right. They won the season that was prepared for them. Yeah. But to be a hundred percent honest, you cannot tell me that Vendettas was a more difficult final than the CBS challenge. No. Hundred percent not. No question. And like, I'm I'm glad that we've had the time away from the CBS challenge, like the final, because I am not nearly as like up in arms about really any aspect of it. Now that I've had the time to think about it, now that I've had the time to sort of process it, I've listened to about between the two podcasts, I've listened to about five hours of Dom breaking it down with various people and we talked it out and like just kind of hearing Danny's side of things as well as um, like reading some interviews with some of the other cast members. Mm-hmm. It it puts a lot more into perspective. Yeah, obviously there are still inconsistencies and everything else, but it's not as like life and death as everyone right. made it out to be the day after the final yeah. aired. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to be honest. I do have a new perspective on Tyson after having this conversation with Danny. And yeah. I mean, like, I'm not surprised by what Danny told us about Tyson as far as like, yeah, you know, like he's looking directly in the face of a professional fucking football player who did, you know, played for six years, played for a top tier school in college football, um, arguably probably top 10 in the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Tyson to say, I'm not threatened by you. You know, it's like, dude, you just have... I wonder how bad that crow tasted at that final. I really wonder. <laughs> yeah. And if that is part of the reason he won't do another season. I also hope that like interviews like this and then just um, some of his own interviews that he's done. I hope that people give more respect to Dom's game mm-hmm. than yes. they have because listening to him talk about it. But then also, I mean, like Triple D, Dom, Danny and Desi, like. They stayed together through the entirety of the game from day, like, I think Danny said day three. So, like, they knew what they were doing. It's just a matter of, like, you're not always going to see it. Because the narrative that was shown was mostly Angela and Tyson. And that's neither here nor there. Like, that's not to say that they didn't deserve it or anything else. It's just that that's the way that the narrative went that season. Right. And, I mean, to put it into perspective with Danny's season of Survivor, Erica was the winner. and it's probably one of the first seasons that you didn't really see a winner's edit watching it back a second time. You can see 
the elements of why she won, but she didn't really show up in the edit until the back half of the show, which kind of makes sense because her tribe never went to tribal council. So you never saw the them in the back half of any episode. So yeah. you're only getting like 15 minutes or like 20 minutes of their tribe. And then you never see them again until next week when they win another challenge. Right. But she was barely in it for the first part. So it was very, um, it was very strange when she won, not that she wasn't deserving, but because we didn't see a lot of her game. And then Heather like wasn't in the first like three or four episodes at all. Yeah. And then was like there all of a sudden. But again, it's because they focus more on the advantages that season because it was new and they had so many twists and everything else that they wanted to make sure that everybody knew what they were. But the sacrifice was the like the the players, the like getting to know the players. And that's what you're seeing in 43, where we're going in. We've had one episode and we have a really good idea of who everyone is. Yeah, because they're not really focusing on advantages. They're focusing on the people. And I feel like they finally like hit the nail on the head within these like three seasons. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And I, I think it, that's what threw me off about last season's win with Marianne is that yeah. she very much did not get the winner's edit until probably episode eight or nine, you know, right. when all of a sudden she flipped the tribe because on. She didn't do anything until episode eight or nine. But but she that did play saw. more that we saw. Yeah. But yeah. she did play a role. There was there were parts where she got, con, you know, confessionals or whatever they call it. And she did. But it was very much a quirky, you know, she's the lighthearted one in the tribe. And then it went to merge and she disappeared for the first couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, she makes two moves and she wins, you know, and no, no shade on Marianne. She played the right game for the right season, you know, and got the win. It was just, it was a different type of edit, especially for me. Who's used to like the challenge um, yep. where you typically see the winners at it foreshadowing everything. Yeah. It's starting by about episode three. You kind of have the idea. <laughs> um, yep. Also to kind of speak on something earlier, um, one of my favorite spoilers, um, you know, who's been about 99% right on everything I've seen in the last few years has basically said that the, you know, that Danny and Sarah are locked in, they're going to do the next one. Um, yeah. You know, and then the other casting that we're looking at is probably if we get a new winner on 38. So as long as like Bananas or Jordan doesn't win, we'll probably get them. And then they're looking at new other people that have won their show, regardless of like if it was Big Brother, Survivor, you know, anything like that. Or people who got close but didn't win, which was one of the other things that I had heard. And I mean, um, and again, I have recency bias because I literally just spent. 48 hours watching 41. Yeah. Um, but Jeff said some of the absolute best players of Survivor will never win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the best player that I've I've seen in I'm it's very recent in a very few seasons that I've seen. I've seen like the very first few seasons when Karina started trying to go back from one. So I saw most of one. Um, I forget is two Australia. Two's Australia. Three's Africa. Yeah, so I I saw almost all of two, and I've saw bits and pieces of of Africa, um, and then the more recent season forty two. Like I've never seen anyone more dominant than Jonathan was in forty two. Like that was just insane physical domination, and probably one of the best players I've seen. Um, I I know he probably doesn't really rank against like you know maybe Tyson or Malcolm or 
or uh, Aussie, but still one of those just absolute specimens and was surprised that he made it as far as he did because he painted such a huge target on his back. Well, he was feeding yeah. everybody. Yeah, well, that's true, too. They he, needed yeah. him. <laughs> Nobody else knew how to spear fish. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, but anyways, guys, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. I'm, yeah. I'm running short on ideas today, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see what uh, what podcast he's going to be doing because he had to watch it live so that he could podcast after, mm-hmm. which I initially thought Surviving Snyder, which is um, Rick Devon's podcast. Because it's football and Survivor, mm-hmm. um, but filming like recording right. I don't think they record right after it airs. So now I'm like racking racking my brain to try to figure out who does it, other than the know it alls. Because the know it alls basically the show ends and they start recording live. Mm. What about Tyson? But other than that, I don't know. Tyson, I think records a couple days later. I think. Okay. Or no, never mind. Because it is out the next day. But yeah, I don't know. Because him and Riley drop theirs usually the day after his mm. bananas was on the most recent one right okay well well i i'm sure we'll know by tomorrow yeah i'm sure we'll see yep. yeah, i'll do it i'll do a search and i'll let you know sounds good. i like it i like it Corey. thank you for hopping on buddy we right? appreciate Indeed. it yeah i didn't say much i was just along for the ride hey yeah, that's all right i was too yeah karina karina had had a little bit too much fun before and she was just quiet the whole first half of the interview just <laughs> i had my first co-hosting gig you did. You. Yeah, it was you all fucking, you and you, Rick today. You really hosted it for a good forty-five minutes. Yeah. I just sat here and watched it all it was, happen. Rick and I were just like, yeah. <laughs> Especially once Danny was aware that I didn't watch forty-one, and was like, all right, yeah, you can shut the fuck up. Let's see what Tony has to say. <laughs> oh, we all God. have our specialties. Yeah. Well, you know what? I the one I could have used Corey on was the football talk in the beginning. I probably should have pushed <laughs> that till the end. But yeah, yeah, you did good. That's what I, that's what I wanted to be a part of, but work work going yeah. allow it. Yeah, no, it's I I got lucky to be able to do this one. But guys, you know what I'm really excited about? What? In about 51 hours, we're gonna be recording our first recap in of Survivor 43. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know how long that's gonna be? There was a two hour premiere, and this is a 90 minute episode. We have trouble with like a 42 minute episode. His idea. Guess who didn't His watch any idea. or didn't take any notes too. So it's all on you guys. It's okay. I have to rewatch the premiere. And then when I go upstairs, I'm going to start the uh, this week's from the beginning. Yeah. I'm going to use tomorrow to watch Survivor and take notes for us because. Yeah, he. Well, here's the thing with Survivor, though. I'm like, how are we going to recap three and a half hours of Survivor? Because most of fuck? it is like the people. <laughs> yeah. And because, like, who, like, it's the people and then what tribes won the challenges, who went home. And then this week will mostly be, presumably, more of the people that we didn't get to see last week and then who won the challenges and who went home. Although I expect that. This week might be a double elimination. Like, I might be a, mm. a double vote out. Yeah, one well, tribe save. Well, yeah. uh, we'll the, figure it out. The really interesting part about it is that none of this really matters because by the time that any of you are listening to this, our re- our first recap of Survivor was weeks ago, guys. So <laughs> yep. go find it and listen to it. Hope, um, hope you're doing a flow we'll, chart to figure out where the <laughs> fuck we are in time right now. We'll link it down below. Yeah, <laughs> we'll link it below. Oh, shit. Oh, um, my gosh. All right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's awesome. I'm not even going to do a sign-off. They know who the fuck we are. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. I'm just saying, you've listened this far. If you're getting to the sign-off, do you really need me to sign off? Fuck it, I'll do it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us (laughs) on the Challenge Fandom Podcast of this another episode of Challengers Unplugged with none other than Danny McRae, former pro NFL football player for the Dallas Cowboys, former Survivor 41 star, and also your Challenge USA winner. Spoiler alert. Woo woo. Woo. But for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, Corey, our raging Cajun Viator, <laughs> and then none other than Tony, Stats, and motherfucking Info, Lance. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed doing it. Um, otherwise, I got nothing else to say. Love y'all. Be good. Bye. Later. Later. Bye.